you know, here. What's up? I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about, bro? I was thinking about what's going on in the earth, right? What's happening in our minds? Yeah. Uh, and I wondered, why does it matter? We're about to find out. <laughs> Holy find shit. Out. Ready? Ready. Let's get it. Welcome to Earth, Mind, and Matter. He said, fuck it. Let's talk about albums. He said, let's talk about some movies and some fucking comics. This week in the universe, across the internet. So what's up, Javi? What's going on, Frankie? So. What's up? I've I've had this uh like day age question right. uh, that I right. that I've had for a while now. Day like, aged? You know what I'm saying. Like a day <laughs> like day old uh, oh, okay, okay. like age old question. Age old question. <laughs> um right. that I've had since like middle school. Damn. I don't it, expect it's that. it's a it's like a what if question. I and I usually only ask guys and stuff and okay. whatever. Um but I'm gonna ask you. All right. And most of our audience is male according to Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Um What's so up? my question is, my what if is, if your mom and your girlfriend's bodies, okay, uh, mine and bodies switch places like a Freaky Friday situation, okay, and the only way to get them to revert back was to have sex with one of them, mm. who would you have sex with? Damn, that's a crazy question. So either way, you'd be fucking your mom, either physically or mentally. Yes. Oh my god! I might just kill myself. <laughs> There's no way. Who has anybody ever been like my mom? <laughs> like my mom's body? <laughs> uh, Brian. <laughs> he said he would fuck his mom's body. Yeah. With the girlfriend's mind. Yeah. Hey, Brian, you're fucking gross. <laughs> you fucking, <laughs> fucking Sigmund Freud's dream of. <laughs> nah, bro. I, I decline. To save them both, they die if not. Well, they they won't ever switch back. I let them be. I let them be like that. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's younger. My girlfriend's older. (laughs) Lessons learned. Nothing happened to me. That's I'm not fucking nobody. (laughs) So I can just be trauma out my mind. (laughs) I'm just imagining like like some fucking like super villain like menacingly rolling his fingers together, and he tells you this, and you're like, nope, I'm just I'm cool. Sucks for you. (laughs) That's all right. You just fuck with anybody. All right, I'm gonna head out now. He's like, you sure? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm. I'm not I, doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. You don't want to think about it a little bit? Nope. nope. <laughs> I'm good. I've almost thought about it, and even that, I declined to do. <laughs> the fact that I stood here yeah. this long is enough. <laughs> so uh, let us know, people. <laughs> DM us. Would you fuck your mother's body with your girlfriend's mind, or your girlfriend's body with your mother's mind? It's just weird, you know. You know, I, oh, I've always God. had that question. It's. I feel like it's a pretty good question. That's a great question. It, you know, it. It's a really like intense question okay brings a lot to the table i think and it's just people need people need to really think about it all right since since the amc section kind of like definitely revolves on this if you had to switch bodies with your father right and the only <laughs> way you only way you could uh how can i say go back to the shortest body is you have to jerk yourself off would you do it to save your father's life <laughs> in your own life like you both have to do it looking at each other <laughs> looking at each other what the fuck that's just part of it 
okay, like it would have been one thing if it's like you know you just gotta jerk off, which like, is still pretty fucking ridiculous, right? Like you know, it, it's just like because at that point it's like you know I'll just close my eyes, I won't look, I'll just like pretend it's not happening, get it over with. Right. But like the fact that yeah. you're telling me that I gotta look at look at myself, yeah. who's my dad, mm-hmm. and like you gotta be standing like there's no distance, your toes gotta be touching each other oh, <laughs> as you stare at each other. That's what God said. <laughs> <laughs> No, God said, oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Oh. <laughs> so did you do it? Oh, man. I'm probably still killing myself. <laughs> Sorry, pops. <laughs> Facts, bro. Nobody wants to partake in these fucking schematics. <laughs> it's crazy. Nah, that's, that's what we talk about on this show. The, but, the most important show on earth. But but what is this show? Oh, man. This show is... Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> we're talking about what's happening on the earth. In our minds. And why it matters. This is Earth, Mind, and Matter. I'm Frankie. I'm Javi. That's Link over there. Javi's dog. He's just chilling. Just chilling. Just chilling right next Off to the camera. What a, what a dog. <laughs> what a doge. Facts. I, I would just say, what a fucking guy. That is. What that a is. fucking guy. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, my guy. Fucking salute to you. Know, you. I saluted earlier. You know, I, uh, God I, bless <laughs> America. My home. Nah. I'm not doing it. It's weird that they made us uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance in class when we were younger, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Super weird. I think about that, like, all the time. I pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I've wanted to ask, like, my little well, cousin if they still do that probably in school. Not. Probably. I think um, because, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily, like, the worst thing in the world, you know, to be familiar with your national anthem. You know, because imagine you just go to like a sporting event and they're doing national anthem and like you're like, what the fuck is this <laughs> weird salute? <laughs> is this a ritual? <laughs> yeah. It's motherfucking uh, Nazi. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing. I don't, but I don't know. I guess people would just consider it weird because it's cultish, right? To have a whole classroom of kids just recite this thing towards a flag. I, I, it's just, I definitely think it's because of like the kid aspect of it. It's uh-huh. just like, you know, a young, innocent mind. Like, it's what? just like <laughs> almost being brainwashed and doing this and that, whatever. Unless that mind is middle school hobby, asking people if they'll fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know what else I used to do in middle school mm. I, that got me in trouble at some point? It was pretty bad. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I learned on the internet how to make crossbows out of pens <laughs> and with the I, rubber band. Yeah. Okay. And I okay. showed all my friends how to do it. And, uh, <laughs> look. there was an instance where my Uh friend shot an arrow into a computer in the computer lab and it went straight through the front of it the computer yeah it went straight through the front was that shit made out of paper (laughs) and and just went inside the pc and it just hit a fan and you just hear (laughs) and we were all like (gasps) oh here's <laughs> Everybody dead. <laughs> so so we got in trouble for that, and and they were like, "Who the fuck is doing this?" And everyone was like, "You know, it was Javi. He showed us how to make this shit and these this are, and that. These weapons of and mass destruction, like, man." So, but yeah, I I used to do a lot of dumb shit back that, in middle school. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to do some dumb shit, but I just can't remember. <laughs> no, I really he, can't remember. <laughs> he winked, folks. He he winked, audio listeners. I did. Um, I wanted to share a couple of things before we started. I know, like, you know, we, we only got so much time, but I have, like, this whole list of things. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I have two thoughts, right? Okay. Three, actually, three. Um, the first one I thought was, like, you think when people read Braille, the word for boobs is just two bumps? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... You know, like... Ding, ding. I mean, isn't it a thing where it's, no. like... Uh, <laughs> 
like their tits could or like their nipples can be like offset or like maybe be like innies or outies. So it's like, what if it's like one bump uh, and then no bump? Oh, I mean, uh, I don't know. That's breast cancer. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't know if they remove both boobs for breast cancer or not. Not that it's a joke or anything. <laughs> I'll just I mean, maybe. But if they put, okay. They maybe they put boobs disfigured or like you know not as not as normal normal or something like that. No, shout, <laughs> shout out to all the tits, <laughs> boobies, boobies, and all the non tits. You know, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if it was like a bump with a little bump in the middle and another bump with a little bump in the middle. Or it was three bumps, so that way it's like a triple tit from a triple like tit? from like a that, that alien uh, in that one movie. Uh, minor threat? No, not minor threat. What I know Lila um, had three boobs at one point in Futurama. I think I remember that, mm-hmm. but uh, there's definitely a, a classic sci-fi movie where there's an alien with three tits. Were they green? Uh, I think so. You gotta look it up. <laughs> Supplementary. <laughs> Supplementary. <laughs> uh, this is a perfect tone for the show, though. You know, for oh, the yeah. MC section. My second thought was, okay, all right, if a truly evil person, and let's just say Bin Laden in modern time today, but he did some crazy shit in modern time, right? You think, okay, so let's say they set up a fundraiser, <clears throat> right? Bin Laden. Okay. Today's Bin Laden. And they said, let's raise a billion dollars. And if I raise a billion dollars, I will donate it all to charity or like world hunger or end world hunger, right? Whatever it takes to end world hunger. And then I'll kill myself. On either national TV or in general. A lot of suicide talk I'm talking about, but you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, like, I don't mind to say Bezos because the greatest man mm-hmm. on earth, but I'm saying more like, um, like somebody really, like, Kim Jong-un today, he's like, you know what? I'm an asshole and you guys don't like me um, and I'm a threat to the world, so I'll kill myself if you raise enough money to end world hunger. What do you think would happen? Do you think he'll raise it and would that make him a good person? Not undo his actions, but like redeem himself. No, I don't think I don't think it's enough to re- mm. to redeem. Uh-huh. Um, but would it happen though? Like, would people raise the money? I don't think so. No, I I wow. really don't think so. I, I think people would. I I I think uh, the world is a little too cynical for that, and like uh, mm. also I I think um people would possibly think that there's maybe some bigger plot behind this, like some big conspiracy and shit like okay, that. Like, like he would just use the money for himself. Yeah. Or some shit like that. So it's like, I feel like there'd be enough things to push people to not want to do it. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, I, I, I kind of think people wouldn't do it in general. I think they would a hundred percent do it. I think it would happen so fast. I think I see so many polls and like GoFundMe's like, and they're not saying, not saying some GoFundMe's are more important than the others, but they are, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm talking family members or like pets. I'm talking about like, you know, when they set up GoFundMe's for jokes and then it raises like $3 million and GoFundMe has to stop it. Mm-hmm. I just think people would definitely just contribute as much money as possible and then watch it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken with Saddam Hussein, they hung him on national television. Like I don't remember. Yeah, they. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure what happened with the U.S. I don't. I'm. This I might be wrong with the U.S. O- turning him over to his country, but they 100 percent him or somebody else. But I'm pretty sure Saddam Hussein. But they hung him on national television, hmm. and he was pronounced dead at that point. Hey, so like I wonder over there in the Middle East. Over there in the Middle East, you know. And so, <clears throat> I think with that, and just I think today people are cynical like crazy. I think people are more cynical than ever, just more discreetly, especially in the U.S. I think so. So, yeah, I did. That, that's the two thoughts I had. <laughs> and then, um, and it's July 4th, you know, MAGA. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's it's a tense time for it to be July 4th, but then again, when isn't it? Yeah. Right? America always sucks and it's great. What did the guy say on the song? <laughs> Um, uh, getting drunk and doing throwing shit at people <laughs> and bacon. <laughs> it's fucking America. <laughs> I want to make out with the Statue of Liberty, and I can do that because because it's America, baby. But it's 2022, so if you don't get your consent, we're canceling your ass, <laughs> even if it's a statue. <laughs> so I just wanted to go past July 4th because I saw an article, and the first thing like I wanted to like, say something historical. It is historical, but then I looked up what, what's very 2022 about this. What I'm about to say, shitting on a holiday, right? <laughs> so okay. let's shit on July 4th. Um, so I just want to go through this real quick. It seems like it's long, but it's not. The first thing is that uh, what we all what we all know, or what we pretend to know, is that July 4th commemorates the passage of the Declaration of Independence, right, by the Continental Congress on July 4th. 1776, and this happened in Philadelphia. Um, Philly. So, <laughs> Philly, ooh, go Philly. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, long story short, Thomas Jefferson, during the doing goat. all this, the GOAT, well, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just like <laughs> piggybacked on that. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of run a house. <laughs> oh, okay, so he wanted to get rid of slavery in the Declaration of Independence, right? He wanted okay. to be like, nah. But he kept it in because uh the South and he wanted to keep everything unified and shit, right? So in a way it's like, oh, he's a pretty good guy. Like he wanted to get rid of it, but he instead chose to this and that. But then they quoted what he said in it. And this is the longest thing I'll say. But it said he said, quote, <clears throat> deep rooted prejudices, uh, prejudices, you know what I mean, entertained <laughs> by the whites, ten thousand recollections by the blacks of the injuries they have sustained, new provocations. The real distinctions which nature has made will divide us into parties and produce convulsions which will probably never end but in the extermination of the one or the other race. And now he said, to these objections which are political may be added to others, which are physical and moral. Now he says, the first dis difference which strikes us is that of color. They have less hair on the face and body. They secrete less by the kidneys and more by the glands of the skin, which gives them a very strong and disagreeable odor. Talking about black people. This greater degree of transpiration renders them more tolerant of heat and less so of cold than of whites. Comparing them by their faculties of memory, reason, and imagination, it appears to me that in memory they are equal to the whites, in reason much inferior, as I think one could scarcely be found capable of tracing and comprehending the investigations of Euclid, and that in imaginations they are dull, tasteless, and anomalous. Hmm. Very well spoken. <laughs> a little dickhead of him to be saying all that, you know. And um, uh, this is a little quote from a book. Uh, he Carl Hart's uh, drug use for adults. Thomas Jefferson. He quotes him, and, and Carl Hart is a black man. It's important that I bring that up because he, uh, Thomas Jefferson says, "Quote: If people let the government decide which foods they eat and medicines they take, their bodies will soon be as sorry a state as are the souls of those who live under tyranny." Right. Okay. And um, I just like that. And the reason I brought that quote up is because uh, Carl Hart eventually says, like, you know, like I'm quoting a guy who had slaves himself and this and that and was uh, pretty much, you know, racist and sexist in terms of now. But because it's America, I kind of want to like... Wasn't he also, Thomas Jefferson, kind of like a whore? Probably. He also he also um, partook in a lot of drugs. Yeah. Okay. Like, he, he was an avid opium user. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Shout out to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Opioid crisis, my ass. <laughs> that ass, bro. And um, so 
the reason I wanted to bring that up because this is America, and like as a black man, quoting you know this white supremacist, how people label everybody in the past and this and that. I mean, teachers don't. But what Carl Hart says about Thomas Jefferson is this quote: "I recognize that Thomas Jefferson and other revered historical figures enslaved black people. This was reprehensible even during their time." But the cruel hypocrisy of these individuals' actions does not negate the noble ideas and vision articulated in their writings. These enshrined principles give us goals to which we continue to aspire. So I like that. I like that he he, he addresses the whole concept of, you know, this person owned slave and this and this and this and that. But And even though those things were terrible, that their mindsets and what ideas they brought forward continue to impact us today. And we can use that those ideologies to put within ourselves, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've kind of heard something similar, uh, just, uh, before we're kind of thinking about people that have done wrong in, uh, in their past that mm. aren't necessarily like you can't like are labeled not as good people. Um, but you can still take the good yeah. from that. And so even bad people do good things. Yeah. Or like have done good things or have great ideas or invented good things. I mean, it's very interesting, man. We were talking about this when we were playing pool, me, Brian, and Anthony. But I heard this on our podcast. Joe Rogan, what's up? <laughs> but uh, apparently, uh, Hugo Boss um, was a big manufacturer of Nazi uniforms. I, I think I knew that, yeah, actually. And, and apparently, maybe this is correct. Brian was saying that the Adidas helped make the shoes and that a lot of people have traces of, um, of what's it called, you know, their involvement in the Nazi uniforms. And... I don't know. I don't know if we spoke grandly about reparations and stuff, but he, they made a good point. They were saying that, and I I agree with this because I, I think reparations is an issue we need to discuss before we initiate. You know, mm-hmm. but obviously, I think it's a good thing to have happened. But those who definitely should provide reparations are the companies that still exist today in America that profited off slavery and the you know mistreatment of black people and this and that. Like that should be a hundred percent a thing that is not happening today. I don't know why I'm thinking Q-tips. That's probably not a company, <laughs> but I mean, it is a company. But it's probably not a company. Free Q-tips for life. <laughs> all black people. Yes, <laughs> it's all I wanted. And then the last, the next two things are um, so the Declaration of Independence included maybe racism or like excluded black people in the involvement of who's entitled to you know liberty and this and that. Uh, Abigail Adams, the future wife of John Adams, basically said, she basically said, hey, yo, don't forget about women, you know, like you team. And then uh, John Adams is in a big thing that I won't read. He's quoted to to write, write quote, I cannot but laugh <laughs> at what she said Bruh. to him. That's crazy, right? So there's a little bit of sexism in there, too. <laughs> and the last thing is that um, property, the word property uh, was supposed to be there instead of the word happiness in the phrase life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. You know, mm. and this is thought to maybe be because Native Americans populated so much land and owned it as property. So it could be that. I'm not sure. But also John Locke, the philosopher, also centered focus and value to happiness over materialistic, you know, things. Yeah. So, yeah, there goes like the July 4th rundown of Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Just a little side of, you know, but people today are, are so upset about everything. And, you know, like, and as they should be, there's a lot of disgusting things that happen in history. But there's a lot of things that are relative to the time too. Not that it justifies it. Yeah, I there's a there's a song that I um shared um on my Wonder, story Wonder today. <laughs> <laughs> song saved my life. <laughs> but um, 
the song that uh that i shared today on my story is uh from this band called the the descendants mm-hmm. um they're an older punk band and whatever um and the song is called murican nice. and um <laughs> it the whole song is just kind of kind of the lyrics to it just kind of deal with um dealing with sort of the pride and disgust that you might feel for being an American Mm. uh, of just like, Oh, I'm so proud of these things that America has brought. Mm. Um, but I'm also disgusted by the things that it has done. True. And the song just kind of deals with that battle of like, I think it even says at some point something about, uh, I feel guilty on the 4th of July or something like that. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, even, even now with the whole abortion and I don't want to get his name wrong. So I'm not going to get his name wrong, but the person that was just killed by the police, um, in Akron, Ohio. I'll tell you right now. I also thought of, um, you know how in Nirvana, they're like, get away. Mm-hmm. Imagine there was like, America. <laughs> <laughs> um, his name is Jalen Walker, and he was shot about 60 times. He was unarmed, and he was shot by eight cops. And there was a, at least 90 rounds shot. <laughs> only, I thought it was 60. And 60 hit, well, 60 oh. hit him, but 90 <laughs> rounds were shot. This man is unarmed. He's a black man in Akron, Ohio. We just found out, just reading a gist of it, that they canceled this, the 4th of July celebrations in Akron, Ohio, as they should. There's more important things to worry about. Uh, who's to say they even did it to commemorate him? They probably did it for the safety of the you know people that should and will be protesting. Mm-hmm. And rest in peace is that guy, for yeah. sure. That's the cops continue to, and not all cops, but those cops and the ones that are complete trash, like Derek Chauvin and the rest, the ones who killed uh, Eric uh, Gardner, I think his name was, the like Ken Breathe and stuff. I mean, just it's just ridiculous. And this Brianna Taylor, with all these people that really, and these are just a couple names of Emmett Till. You know, mm-hmm. those dynamic cops, those are just wasted by people. It just doesn't stop. It just continues to go. I saw an article today, uh, and I'm going to read his name too because I don't want to fuck it up. Sorry, I don't want to take too much time. But essentially what they did is that they brought, he was a Bushman, right? And they brought him over to, uh, uh, I'm not sure which state, but they put him in uh, an exhibit with apes for him to okay. be viewed at. It's like, there's been, there's been zoos in the past that have had black people in it. And that shit is crazy. I didn't know that. That shit is really sad. It's really fucking sad. But in 1904, his name was Ota Benga. He was kidnapped from the Congo and taken to the U.S. where he was exhibited with monkeys. And basically, it's just sad. It's just sad. And um, obviously, people were upset. And even in the article, as it reads, it was just saying uh, some people were there laughing, but others couldn't help but look away and just see this person. They thought he was 24 or labeled him as 24, but he was way younger. Man. Yeah, I mean, I know it's just like, I mean, it's just America. You know, there's a lot of great things too. Like uh, Donald, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Fuck that guy. Fuck all politicians. Joe Biden too. And Hillary Clinton's bitch ass. <laughs> Even Bernie Sanders a little scandalous, you know? But um, I mean, America has a lot of things, but why Why do me and you get to be on this podcast right now? America. America, you know? I mean, we can't just go out and say terrible things and, you know, on purpose and, you know, this and that. But we can, we can. <laughs> now nah, maybe on not on Spotify, but we can just say those things. But with the, now intent and speech, there's different things there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debate there. But what? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Got a little political there. <laughs> Let, let's let's pump the fucking brakes on this train, my guy. Sorry, I'm feeling patriotic as fuck right now. Because we're not gonna talk about <laughs> politics this episode, Franklin. <laughs> Okay. We already did, bitch. <laughs> you know what we're going to talk about? Mm. Politics. Nice. <laughs> nice. Biden. So, so Supreme Court's been up to some stuff recently. Especially Texas Supreme Court. They're bitch asses. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, we're going to go over two stories with the Supreme Court okay. and then a third story of a local New York story. Mm. Um, but first story I got for you, headline reads, Supreme Court limits EPA's ability to restrict power plant emissions. Okay. Uh, it's not a super long, well, it's a long article, but yeah. I took a, I took a long time condensing it because mm. there's a lot to it. It um, sounds nuclear. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> End the show. End the show right now. <laughs> Um, but what I found more interesting was an article that was linked to the first one, mm. which reads Supreme court sides with coach over prayers at the 50 yard line. Okay. Um, and then the final story that we're going to look over is the headline reads woman is fatally shot while pushing baby in solar on upper East side. Jesus Christ. New York city. Yes. Jesus Christ. So those are going to be the stories that I got for you today. And then we'll mm. go to the AMC section later. Um, which has nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, only at the beginning, really, the whole weird <laughs> yeah. mom shit and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, and if I, if I, I'm gonna say one last thing, not long at all. In Uganda, right? In Uganda, they, you basically, if you are, if you come out as a homosexual, you can get life in prison or Damn. death penalty. So just, that's like, I'm not shitting on a different place in the world. I'm just saying, you, appreciate where you do live as well like there's a lot of like uh for all the shitty things that happen in the u.s next time you want to shit on the u.s think about your actual favorite politician i know a lot of people like aoc and stuff think about people who have changed the world like the ruth ginsburg lady you mm-hmm. know and and like people martin luther king you know even though his side shit was kind of ridiculous and stuff but john cena <laughs> yeah. you know like think about the people Taiwan that- is a country <laughs> Yo, trying to buy a birthday, like, you thought I was going to do the accent? <laughs> you thought I was going to make fun of Asian people? <laughs> anyway, um, let's start the show. All right, my guy. So, first story, again, Supreme Court limits EPA's ability to restrict power plant emissions. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was a long article. But honestly, a lot of it was really confusing. Yeah, uh, I so mean, it, I, sounds, it sounds like it. So I took a, uh, a long time condensing it as much as I can. Nice. Um, so it's not a super long uh, story, but mm-hmm. uh, there's still a lot to enough to talk about. With and, this. and read the headline one more time so I can grasp it. Supreme Court limits EPA's ability to restrict power plant emissions. And EPA is Environmental Plant Agency? Protection Agency. Okay, cool. So uh, this happened on Thursday, June 30th. Mm -hmm. And again, the Supreme Court limited the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate carbon emissions from power plants. This makes it much tougher for President Biden to achieve his goal of cutting greenhouse gas emissions in half by the end of the decade. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much the vote was a six to three vote. The court's three liberal uh, justices are in dissent. And they say that the majority had stripped the EPA of the power to respond to the most pre- uh, pressing environmental challenge of our time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just kind of a big deal because this is just another politically divisive issue on the final day of a blockbuster term. And the second story um, is going to be another example of something that happened during this term. I think even 6-3 was the amount vote for like Roe versus Wade being overturned. If I'm not I, mistaken. I believe so. Right? Bitches. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, adding to the conservative supermajority's decisions to eliminate the constitutional rights of abortion, vastly expand gun rights, and further erode the wall separating church and state, the implications of the ruling could extend well beyond environmental policy. 
It also signals the court's newly expanded conservative majority is deeply skeptical of the power of administrative agencies to address major issues facing the nation and the planet. So that's saying like in the future, it's going to be tough as fuck to like, regulate shit for the better? Yes. Okay. Because uh, it all these agencies are now going to have to jump through uh, more like, hoops to even try and like regulate anything now if they want yeah. to. And I don't know if you're going to get into this, but is this because other people have been lobbying for it to just go otherwise? Like, Well, the, the reason that this uh, went this way is because mm-hmm. I'm, like, I mean, it goes without saying that the decision has set off criticisms from the left, mm-hmm. but the voices from the coal industry and conservative states are praising the rule. Coal industry is dying and dead, and people just keep <laughs> wanting to, you know, like, I, from what I heard, it's just, I got to look more into it myself, but coal industry is one of those things that just like, why do we fucking still have that shit? You know what I'm trying to say? It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And like, it's so prehistoric to, prehistoric to have that shit still. That's why I was saying, like, who benefits? But you said coal industry and who else? Conservative states. Of course. And uh, the the reason why conservative states would benefit from this, um, I'll get to it in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, Biden left with far fewer tools to fight the climate change, said that the ruling was another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. We cannot and will not ignore the danger to public health and existential threat the climate crisis poses. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, Patrick Morrissey, attorney general of West Virginia and one of the leaders of the challenge to the EPA's authority, welcomed the decision. He said EPA can no longer sidestep Congress to exercise broad regulatory power that would radically transform the nation's energy grid and force states to fundamentally shift their energy portfolios away from coal-fired generation. So pretty much the reason why this benefits conservative states is that they believe that they're fine with coal Mm -hmm. and that they think changing from coal to electricity is too much money and too much time to or and just not worth the effort keyword keyword they think that because yes. I, I mean i'm not again i'm not expert on this just from what i've heard in the past and people talk about it like just the, i'm pretty sure the facts point towards electricity just being the more beneficial thing for our future and yes. i'm pretty sure coal is upheld uh in terms of use because of jobs Mm-hmm. Because and I'm not if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people get cancer from working with coal. I know that's like in the past too. I think so. Yeah, but even not people get cancer working with coal and stuff like that. So I try to make a pun with coal, but I just can't think of one. <laughs> Man, yeah, I bet I bet that's all they get for Christmas. <laughs> I, you know what? It's a cold world. <laughs> J. Cole. Rest in peace. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Shout out to Jacob coming to podcast whenever you want. Well, let's not be on those shows where we predict like <laughs> celebrities' deaths. I don't want to do that. I don't know. Maybe we'll trend. <laughs> you gotta lose one to get one. <laughs> what is this fucking break a few eggs bullshit? God I like damn. that. You gotta break a few eggs to make a cake? You <laughs> do. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. Come on the show, please. But, um,. So to continue on, <laughs> mm-hmm. writing for the majority was Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. Remember that name? Jesus Christ, John G. Roberts Jr. Yeah, so much J. Uh, it'll be shortened in a sec, mm-hmm. but um, he only alluded to the harms caused by climate change. While on the other hand, Justice Elena K- Kagan began her dissent with a long passage detailing the devastation the planet faces, including hurricanes, floods. Uh, fa- uh, famines, coastal erosion, mass migration, and political crisis. Jesus Christ. Um, 
the question in the case, Chief uh, Chief Justice Roberts wrote. <laughs> Chief Justice. Did I say that? Yeah. Damn. I knew I knew I flubbed up the word, but I didn't know you said cheese. I bet that was just <laughs> it's a word you don't expect to hear in this whole conversation. I'm, I'm listening, but it's just cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know you're listening. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh Chief Justice Roberts wrote uh turned on the scope of the language of the Clean Air Act. He wrote, Congress had not clearly given the agency sweeping authority to regulate the energy industry. Mm. And he, quote unquote, says, capping carbon dioxide emissions at at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, Mm. quote unquote. And in dissent, Justice Kagan wrote that the court had substituted its own policy judgment for that of Congress. Mm. She says, whatever else this court may know about, it does not have a clue about how to address climate change. And let's say the obvious. The stakes here are high. Yet the court today prevents con- con- ah. Yet Jeez. the court today prevents congressionally <laughs> authorized agency action to curb power plants' carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. The court appoints itself, instead of Congress or the expert agency, the decision maker on climate policy. I cannot think of many things more frightening. And, uh, you know... I don't, I don't know what judges need to know. I know they know about, I know they know about like a lot of litigation, all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. good word. Um, but word of the day, I, word of the day, litigation. How many times are you going to say it? I'm saying seven times. <laughs> Someone find a way. I'll find a way. Bro. <laughs> I heard that shit. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Interesting uh, sentence by Frank. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- I'm chatting right now. Anyway, um, the way judges, you know, understand stuff is it being explained to them right like mm-hmm. they they hear cases of different scientists and this and that so it's like why are we and that's just my guess i don't really know how they make decisions we should find out um but why don't we just let scientists make these decisions because i know it would still be part kind of iffy because even scientists disagree and there's like conservative and this type of scientist whatever but that like people shouldn't like people who are who know about the environment and everything else should make those choices, no? Just like doctors should be making choices about like people's bodies and stuff like that. I, I mean, know. that that sounds ideal. <laughs> but this is America. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth of July, baby. Put an ego noise. <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I've always thought. And I even have the idea of press conferences for the president. That, like, As much as re- journalism is important, maybe we should have like five journalists in there. But I think the rest of the people should be you know, people with PhDs, people who are actual scientists, people who are actually, you know, lawyers and this and that, asking the questions. Because if the president is like, wait, what? Maybe you should be president. <laughs> you know, maybe you should not be on that pedestal. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, it. I mean, I mean, that's why we have these experts, but mm-hmm. they're still being ignored. And, yeah. that, and that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Because we have these people that do work in office and whatnot and are connected directly to the Supreme court or the Mm -hmm. president and are constantly speaking with them, but they're still being ignored. Mm. There's just something innate in human nature to just deny science at some point. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't benefit you financially or future goals in terms of donations and stuff. Yeah. It's Um, like, it's true. 
like I, I remember uh, everyone was pretty upset when Biden uh, was talking about his plans of like uh, falling off uh, a bike <laughs> that um, and building some sort of environmental plan or something mm-hmm. like that um, where mm-hmm. it would bring a bunch of jobs and this and whatever. And, and everybody and, was like, oh, and, and it would cost a bunch of money. So everyone yeah. was like, oh, what? Yeah. For this, this is so expensive. Like we should be spending our money on better things. Oh, and this America. And this. And it's like, you know, like. We're, we're literally dying. Yeah. And today, this is very short, but in the, in, I was reading an article about Pfizer. And just this goes to show how companies treat politicians, which is obviously like in a Pinocchio puppeteering type of way. When Donald Trump was president, they donated about $105,000, you know, with hopes that they would push Pfizer. He would push Pfizer. Mm-hmm. A lot of his uh, followers, you know, they're anti-vaccine or this and that. When Biden became president, they donated $350,000. So it shows that drastic change and who's yeah. going to push your stuff more. It's interesting. Uh, I um, there, I mean that's that's all I wrote down for this story. But what I what uh what more I can tell you is that uh, it also raises a lot of questions of what comes to regulating companies and things mm-hmm. like that. Because if we can no longer regulate their carbon emissions, when when it's just kind of a step in the uh, wrong direction. Yeah. When does it stop? basically is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause this just could be the beginning of much worse things to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a whole other article that was linked to this, just talking about sort of the business and uh, side of everything of just how this benefits companies way more than anyone. Yeah. thinks. I mean, that's, that's all they care about doing this. I, there's no soul or compassion in terms of like mother nature, like mother earth, whatever. There's no thing, none of that there. It's straight this and that. I won't lie though. Uh, yes. Two days ago or yesterday, uh, I was with Beatrice and she ordered. Uh, I, I wanted Chipotle. I never have had, had Chipotle in a while. Okay. And right now, our friend Brian hates Chipotle <laughs> and Taco Bell. Um, but we we ordered on the pickup thing, right on the app. <laughs> and okay. then she was like, just reading a lot of the thing. It says this order has saved emissions and carbon neutral. And she kept reading it. I was like, y'all don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's funny because saying that. Like in a sense, I'm a hypocrite because when I acknowledge, I don't care. But deep down, I'm like, I'm happy that's there. But I don't give a fuck either way. <laughs> Stop sucking yourself off, Chipotle. <laughs> Just do that shit without telling them. <laughs> it, it's it's a tricky thing because it's yeah. like, you know, I I feel like I I deal with it where um I consider myself pretty environmentally friendly um mm. and I get made fun of for that mm. and it's just. All I'm doing is literally just trying to yeah. look out for the planet. Like even with Lucas here at home, yeah. I'll catch him throwing things in the trash and yeah. he'll see me take it out of the trash and put it in the recycle. Yeah. Or sometimes he'll catch me like looking at him before he throws yeah. something out and he'll be like, oh, oh, you thought I was going to throw it in the trash. Get a little this guy. <laughs> so it, it really is just one of those things where it's like, yeah. it's kind of hard because it's like, you're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, man. I've like, had, I'm I, sorry. Damn. I've had friends who just throw trash on the floor outside and I, I, I pick it up. Like I pick up, you know, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just throwing trash on the floor. Like, is that even like, I mean, fuck littering, fuck making garbage. It's like, you're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's just some asshole shit to do, you know? And I mean, I don't know, but fuck it, man. <laughs> New York City is one of the most dirtiest places in the world. Used to be dirtier. I believe it. Now, now the people like, are just if, dirty. If oh. you look, if you look at pictures of like the seventies and shit like that, trash, Everywhere, I believe it. Everywhere, it's disgusting, it. man. Fucked up. You know what's clean? Boston. Yeah, Boston's clean as fuck. I I guess except their language. <laughs> I I guess it is pretty clean over there. Now that I think mm-hmm. about it, 
That's the first thing I got when I went over there. I was like, why the fuck everything's so clean? <laughs> I was like, everything's so it's clean. It's like everyone actually takes care of it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, man, that's interesting. But yeah. uh, that's the first story for you. Kind of short. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. too crazy. Um, yeah. But I encourage anybody listening to really look into how effective the coal industry is and how truly ineffective it is. And like, it's not like, you know, Don, John Cena exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a man of the day. But it, it is incredibly interesting how it applies today and how selfish it is happening right now for it to be pushed forward in the environment. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it kind of might be like beating a dead horse, but, you mm-hmm. know, be care for the environment. Yeah, man. Like, we, we are very much uh, hurtling towards a uh, certain doom. You want your kids to see a tiger? <laughs> Clean your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you want your kids to have kids. Yeah clean clean up Facts. like it's as simple as that a lot of people do say though that we won't re- we won't feel the effects of climate change until like way later like way way later. and i think to an extent that's true in terms of like the true flooding and the true like mega hot sun we'll be dead though so honestly ah it won't affect us <laughs> but folks but like kids 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 exactly kids. They, they they fucking will have their teslas with uh super hot ac super cold ac you know fucking nice houses and stuff we'll be dead bro <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect you to be so nihilistic. <laughs> hey, but that's how it's 4th of July. <laughs> America! <laughs> Rock flag and eagle. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie Day. <laughs> but um mm-hmm. yeah, you know that that's that's all I got for you for for the whole episode. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> Fade out. <laughs> Just drop the mic. all right but um so like i mentioned earlier uh Mm -hmm. my second story was linked to the first one where like as i mentioned this is just adding uh to the list of things that supreme court has been doing Mm -hmm. again with roe versus wade and vastly expanding gun rights like now that you can just carry a gun on you here in new york uh outside in public um and further eroding the wall separating church and state and I was really interested by that because I I was like, well, how so? Because I haven't necessarily seen like a lot of news in terms yeah. of anything of that. Um, so it linked me to this article, uh, which again reads Supreme Court sides of coach over prayers at the 50 yard line. And this happened on Monday, June 27th. So we're going back in time a little bit. Um, just a few days. So, so I was just going back in time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, but pretty much, uh, the whole thing ended up being that the coach has a constitutional right to pray at the 50 yard line after his team's games. Mm. This is the latest step by the court in expanding the place of religion in public life. And again, the vote was six to three with the court's three liberal members in dissent. The decision came less than a week after the court ruled by the same vote that Maine could not exclude religious schools from a state tuition program. Mm. So immediately, it's just kind of, you know, again, religion for the win. Um, And there's a story that we kind of mentioned before a couple episodes ago that I said I was about to bring up on on the show when it Mm -hmm. happened. And it gets mentioned in this article. Nice. So full circle. God. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Saying just say Jesus. Jesus did that. (laughs) So Justice Neil M. Gorsuch. Uh, writing for the majority said that the prayers of the coach Joseph Kennedy were protected by the First Amendment and uh, that 
the fuck did I write here? I don't know, bro. You wrote it. That the, <laughs> oh, that the school district had erred in suspending him after he refused to end the practice. Mm. He quote unquote says, respect for religious expressions is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic. Whether these expressions take place in a sanctuary or on a field, and whether they may they manifest through the spoken word or a bowed head. Or molest kids. <laughs> you priests. <laughs> Just saying. Mm. But uh Bolstering religious rights and notably those of Christians has been a signature project. The court led by Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. If you oh, that same guy. motherfucker, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and so earlier in this term, the court unanimously ruled in favor of a Christian group that sought to raise its flag in front of Boston City Hall, and with only one dissent for a death row inmate who sought his pastor's touch in the execution chamber. So those he, wait the the one on death row he saw he saw his pastor's touch what we say it again the so le- so uh, he sought his pastor's touch in the execution chamber like he was like can you touch me I I guess <laughs> oh, yeah I heard something completely different <laughs> <laughs> okay cool <laughs> um so those are just another two examples in this same term of where religion sort of wins in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court okay um and it just kind of goes on where uh. In the last few years, the court has also ruled that a Catholic uh, social services agency in Philadelphia could uh, defy city rules and refuse to work as same-sex couples who apply to take in foster children. That's the cake shit, right? The cake? I'm, I'm bugging out. You, I, I don't know, actually. There was, what is cake? <laughs> <laughs> say that one more time. because I'm, I'm just There's a lot of stories like this. That's why when you say that, I'll tell you right now. Uh, okay. please, uh, yeah. The court has also ruled that a Catholic school services agency in Philadelphia could defy city rules and refuse to work as same-sex couples who apply to take in foster children. Mm. That, a state uh, program supporting private schools in Montana, must include religious ones, and that the Trump administration could allow employers with religious objections to deny contraception coverage to female workers. So, just more examples of religion for the win. The white man. So, it it raises a lot of questions of what does this mean for Mm. church and state where it's pretty set in stone that those things should be separated. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they're clearly not, you know, they're clearly not separated in, in some sense, you know, it's pretty much, I mean, you're able to practice religion and then we have the most religious assholes at the Supreme Court saying that, oh no, this is completely, it has nothing to do with God. Does <laughs> <laughs> everything to do with, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the cake thing was a cake shop who refused to make a cake for a same sex couple. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It, and then I, I think, I don't know if they won or they lost. Uh, I mean, private business is private business. Business, you know, I, I think that's that. Uh, but they try to declare it uh, either like a hate, a hate crime or a, something, a hate cake. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. I'm not confused. I just forgot what the outcome was for that. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think it was the outcome that people wanted. Like people that are pro, you know, LGBTQ and stuff and everything. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. It's just hilarious how even up to like baked goods, you know, you're you're like no way, <laughs> no way I'm gonna do that. It's it's dumb, man. Yeah, I. Uh they, there's a they also have a department i didn't write this down but they have a department um of in, in government that's supposed to run the separation of state and church mm. and that person was just like yeah this is getting really bad yeah, and it's just pretty ridiculous that this keeps happening mm-hmm. um but 
to continue on mm-hmm. uh, dissenting to uh, what was said, Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote the majority had gone astray by prioritizing the religious rights of a school official over those of his students who could feel pressure to take point uh, to take part in religious activities. Mm. She says, in doing so, the court sets us further down a perilous path and forcing states to entangle themselves with religion, with all of our rights hanging in the balance. Um, and Mr. Kennedy, no surprise, was delighted by the ruling. This is just so awesome. <laughs> All I've ever wanted was to be back on the field with my guys. <laughs> oh, that's pretty sweet, though. <laughs> I play football, so I'm, I'm a little biased. <laughs> Let's go coach. <laughs> that's fucking funny. <laughs> it seems like he did not just wants to pray and have fun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just, he seems pretty innocent, honestly. Like he's just trying to do his Jesus thing. Um. I don't. I know you don't follow the NFL like that, but there was a whole scenario with the quarterback Tim Tebow who did this pretty much the same way. I'll tell you this: when I saw this article, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why this is being brought up to the Supreme Court. This has already happened in, in professional NFL football, where Tim Tebow he was very religious when he was in Florida Gators. I don't know if he did it then too, but when he's on the Denver Broncos, whenever he scored, he would either like go to the middle of the field or somewhere, and he would like do this thing. Like I know you can't see it, but it's like hold your um, fist like, to your head yeah. and like kneel, and it would be him praying in celebration. And you know, people both sides stupid. Like people getting upset, and people being like, "Oh, you know, great God and this and that." And I get it, it's religion, like celebrate. But then Colin Kaepernick, he did the kneeling thing during the national anthem. And aside from how shitty he is at throwing the football, and how you can never justify how bad he is um he's so bad at playing football i don't care what he is politically he is the worst quarterback ever <laughs> fuck that guy football wise anyway so he would protest by kneeling during national anthem right he's so bad at football <laughs> he's so bad like anybody that thought he was good he's Frankie, so bad get on with it <laughs> but <laughs> he would kneel during national anthem and it, it struck a whole wave of protests and the nfl condemned him and people were even saying that he wasn't getting opportunities to try out for teams even though he sucked um because of that you know that that's a whole conspiracy thing but he was definitely getting no recognition at all not even as a backup quarterback even though he sucked anyway the NFL condemned this, this and that. I think they even started to find people. And because and the NFL and Donald Trump are buddy, buddy, you know? Okay. After a while, after the whole Black Lives Matter thing, after this and that, the NFL finally apologized and said, We're very sorry. I'm not quoting exactly, but we, we apologize for anything. People should be able to, you know, celebrate how they want to or protest how they want to and this and that. And it's like, how like how stupid do you look for, you know? Like you not it's just, just so dumb backtracking like that. Yeah, man. And for what reason did you stop this guy from doing that? Clearly he was doing it for a reason that he felt powerful towards and you're just you're just invoking and encouraging hate because he probably got so much backlash for doing that when they could have just allowed it and celebrated it as, you know, protest. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it was something, you know, vulgar or against something like, you know, uh, burning a flag or whatever. I'll just chill the fuck out. But like you're gonna allow Tim Tebow to praise God on national television, but you I know it's not religious religion, but you're not gonna let this guy protest, you know, how he wants to peacefully and silently, you know. It's it's sad. So so when I saw this guy being able to or not being able to, I just didn't care because I feel that America's been through this already, and now we're able to make it political because it's in the, it's in the school, you know. And um, yeah. I do agree with the whole idea of it may invoke other kids to participate religiously. But I don't know. It's odd. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of conflicting uh, mm-hmm. sort of 
story. Yeah. Because as I'll go uh, get on with it, the the sort of debate that goes on between the majority and and the uh, uh, non majority, mm-hmm. um, they they have some interesting things to say for okay. sure. But um, again, Mr. Kenny was super delighted by the ruling. Uh, like I said, uh. And he had served as an assistant coach at a public high school in uh, Bremerton, Washington, near Seattle. Mm -hmm. And for eight years, he routinely offered prayers after games of students often joining him. He also led and participated in prayers in the locker room, a practice he later abandoned and did not defend to the Supreme Court, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, in 2015, after an opposing coach told the principal at Mr. Kennedy's school that he thought it was pretty cool that Mr. Kennedy was allowed to pray in the field, the school board instructed uh, Mr. Kennedy not to pray if it interfered with his duties or involved students. Mm-hmm. And a school official recommended Mr. Kennedy's contract not be renewed for the 2016 season. And so Mr. Kennedy did not reapply for the position. And so this is where I get into sort of the debate between uh, the majority and non-majority mm-hmm. uh, because the majority and dissenting opinions offered starkly different accounts of what had happened in Mr. Kennedy's final months. Justice Gorsuch wrote that the coach, at least after the games at issue in the case, offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. Justice Sotomayor gave a different account of the facts in the context of a longer time period. She says Kennedy consistently invited others to join his prayers and for years led student athletes in prayer. And the dissent included pictures of Mr. Kennedy kneeling with players and others, which apparently is considered an unusual move to do in court, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, Justice Gorsuch wrote that Mr. Kennedy was not speaking for the school when he prayed. He merely took a moment to pray while others checked their text messages or greeted friends. Interesting. So you really see this back and forth yeah, that, yeah. that goes on between them. Uh, he continues to say, not everything school employees do during work hours is official conduct. If it were, he said, a school could fire a Muslim teacher for wearing a headscarf in the classroom or or prohibit a Christian aide from praying uh, quietly over her lunch in the cafeteria. I think those are two different things. I, I Those yeah, are two different things. I, I felt like it was yeah. a pretty sort of extreme mm-hmm. uh, uh controversial almost like yeah. thing to say for sure he was he was sounding cool at first and then it's just like whoa 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 <laughs> what the fuck because it's one of those things where you know like you're entitled to your you're not you're not saying hey everybody wear one of these and this is why you know you may invoke curiosity but i don't know i just think that's weird because prying quietly during your lunch is like what you you know do you use the bathroom and then you're like oh, i just go i just want to take a shit yeah you know like, it's your own time you know so yeah it because it Again, I, I think it goes back to that argument of that when you're when you're a coach, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, I'll I'll say again later. Um, mm-hmm. It it sort of will want to make students join and participate. Yeah, especially to younger kids that are following you into like battle how they say for football and stuff. Uh-huh. You know? Oh yeah, because and to compare that to just seeing your teacher wearing a headscarf, that's not gonna make you want to wear a yeah. headscarf. Again, like you said, it might make you curious, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna make you want to wear yeah. a headscarf. I don't think exactly. So I, mm-hmm. I I just didn't find that as a super one to one apples to apples comparison. No, me neither. That shit is apples to pomegranates. <laughs> But uh, in dissent, Justice Sotomayor said Mr. Kennedy effectively coerced students into praying with him. She says, students look up to their teachers and coaches as role models and seek their approval. Students also depend on this approval for tangible benefits. Players recognize that gaining the coach's approval may pay dividends small and large, from extra playing time to a stronger letter of recommendation Mm. to additional support in college athletic recruiting. 
Interesting. And so, uh, again, like I was mentioning, um, other examples of religion for the win in the court. Over the last 60 years, the Supreme Court has rejected prayer in public schools, at least when it was officially required or a part of a formal ceremony like a high school graduation. Mm -hmm. But as recently as 2000, the court ruled that organized prayers led by students at high school football games violated the First Amendment's prohibition of government establishment of religion. And uh, at the time, um, they quote unquote say the delivery of a pregame prayer has an improper effect of coercing those present to participate in an act of religious worship. That was said by jo- Justice John Paul Stevens, uh, who wrote that for the majority in that case. Mm. So that got brought up for this case. John Paul is a religious name, would you say? Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I. <laughs> what? Why? Why would you say that? Because you know, like uh, they would just, like like John Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought like when people with three names usually isn't that like affiliated with not religion, but like the other guy, like uh other guy was something Stevens, but John Paul I'm pretty sure there's things in the Bible with like John, uh thingy, Leviticus, all that stuff like that. I'm not sure. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh Justice Gorsuch wrote that those presidents did not uh precedents did not apply to Mr. Kennedy's conduct. That he says the prayers for which Mr. Kennedy was dis- was disciplined were not publicly broadcast or recited to a captive audience. Mm. Students were not required or expected to participate. Uh, he continues to say that the message of the, of the decision in favor of Mr. Kennedy was straightforward. He says the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. And uh, that's that's pretty much what went down. And that's how Mr. Kennedy gets to keep on praying because <laughs> it's super fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's super strange. I think it's super strange. And I think more so than that, it's more obvious that there's there's a mixture of church and state. There's no separation. Like this is constant mixture. And I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not even trying to advocate against his praying. But maybe like he said, maybe he should do it on his own time. You know, maybe he should, after the game, he's like, I'll be right back and go to the bathroom and go pray. You know, if that's what you're saying and this and that. Because, I don't know. Or maybe just wear your Jesus cross and have that. And go pray when you get home. You know, it's, uh, I think that when a teacher does something, it, it opens the door for students to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's true. And I was trying to think of an example. It's just kind of hard. But I was this is the only thing I can think of, which doesn't make any sense. But imagine there's like a, a table of food and pizza and whatever. And all the kids are sitting there and the teacher's there just sitting and nobody's going to eat. And the teacher's like, oh, he just goes, grabs a pizza and starts eating and stuff like that. And there's stuff enough for everybody. I know that's, that's, that's really correlate and stuff like that. But like, oh, like, can we now because the teacher just went up to look at his pizza and stuff and there's enough for all of us. You know, it's just like kids are very, they're, they're very, they're, they're fucking, what's the word, sponges, mm-hmm. you know. So they're going to, if not, go. That's a terrible analogy. But what I'm trying to say is that they see him doing something and it's like. Well, maybe until next time I do something good in life, I need to pray to thank God because that's what coach did. You know, like I carry over lessons and values that my coach has given me, you know, like while I played football and on all my all types of ways. You know, this is a story about Lou Gehrig and this and that that I always tell Beatrice and all people, you know, like about seizing opportunities and this and that. And that's just sports talking sports, but like it's influential as fuck, you know? So yeah, like, I'm, I mean, uh, any role I, model. I I I mean, it it was just super well said by Justice Sotomayor where she said that like students look up to her teachers yeah. and look at them as role models. Yeah. And uh, 
again, you're going to, you're when you see someone like that, like praying, you're yeah. going to make that correlation at a certain point of, of uh, oh, we won this game and coach just prayed. Mm-hmm. That must be a good thing. And then that sort of creates that mentality of a, like, I guess that orthodox mentality of like, oh, God is good because yeah. this happened. Like, yeah. Or like you win the biggest game of your life and then you go to college and then you go to NFL and it's like, why did this happen? It's like, I got to thank God. Yeah. You know, because at first, like, I didn't, you know, it just, it might invoke a little agnostic, agnostic, right? Mm. This or that, whatever. But I don't know. I, I think, I think it should just be one of those things where you just, you know, for the sake of influence, just take it away, you know? And, you, and not for nothing, if you're praying in the middle of everybody, you're a little full of yourself. <laughs> you're a little full of yourself at that point, too, you know? Like, chill the fuck out. I don't know. That one coach thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> probably also reads the bible for fun <laughs> you know not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> weren't you just reading your bible uh no <laughs> now when i went to arizona i went to go because me and brian we were there and he went to go do some shit i was in the state by myself so i was like what do i do so i went to some bar by myself and i was just sitting in a mexican place getting some drinks reading the bible but i was just like i'm never gonna read the bible but i do want to like as well as the quran and all these other things you know what do what do jewish people read uh um fuck i forget shit aside from uh jose bills but just kidding (laughs) just kidding uh what is it uh it's like on the tip of my tongue right i gotta look it up jewish bible what is it (laughs) the torah the torah yeah look at me smart as fuck (laughs) you know what i'm trying to say uh uh, i I would like to read all those things because i feel they they people live their lives based on these books you know and there's a lot of lessons in there actually man uh, I was watching a video about some guy, silly guy, but it's it's a video, Urban Rescue Ranch on YouTube. He makes a bunch okay. of funny little videos, but he like came up on um, like his own farm now. And all he does is rehabilitate like animals on the farm and stuff like that. And on the walls, he's very religious. On the walls of his um, re- rehabilitation like farm, one of it says, bring to me your weary and burdened and I will give them rest. Right. And I think that's Exodus something. And I mean... I mean, he was preaching about, I seen the video, that shit got me dumb emotional. He was, he was like, I don't want to, I'm not advocating this for you and I'm not at all telling you to follow this and that. But himself, like his story was basically, he was having time, he was down dumps, this and that, having bad time mentally and this and that, depressed. And then he walked past some random church under the highway. He heard people just like praying and singing and he went up to them. And all that, all time before him, he kept praying to God, like, please speak to me, please speak to me, like, please. And so when he found this church on an accident, some guy came up to him. And the guy told him, he's like, hey, man, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like God's telling me that to tell you that everything's going to be okay. Like, you're going to find your way. Just, you know, keep relying on what you're doing and and do what you want to do. And as long as you do that, like, God's going to help you get there. Just trust him. And, yeah, man, like, now he just hit, like, a million subscribers on YouTube, like, a million, 600,000. I mean, he's he, he turned a crack house, a crack a whole crack house with syringes on the floor, like, disgusting. He turned all that into uh into a whole farm that's functional and he lives there and he lives there he lives on the farm with the animals wow and and it, it's fucking inspirational as shit man because all he was doing before was um like some company where he would just you know like uh sitting down promoting trades that people would get to and they would make the money but he would just get like uh what's that a commission commission and yeah and he just you know he said like again i'm not advocating god for you guys in this and that he rarely does talk about like jesus and stuff it was easter episode and mm-hmm. then he I, I listened to it i got emotional as fuck bro because <laughs> for me it's not even just you know jesus or anything like that it's more so just finding your place in this world and being able to do what you love for a living you know rather than like sitting at some fucking desk or making a latte you know <laughs> or fucking you know driving an uber you know like do some shit that you really love you know so yeah check him out urban rescue ranch he's a silly motherfucker he makes funny stupid videos but 
fucks those videos. Nice. Yeah, man. God. You see, you see, religion, <laughs> religion can be good. Yeah. <laughs> but not for the kids. Not for the kids. Not for the kids. Get they're, your, they're get your Jesus out of my children. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know if you've seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's singing the song of the Nightman. Uh, and the Nightman. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one. I don't ruin it, but just Google him. Google, Google It's Always Sunny, uh, Charlie Day, the Nightman. <laughs> Super funny. <laughs> uh, I, hey, <laughs> we should make that into church. Hey, uh, yo. <laughs> no. Get your Jesus no. out of my church. Get your Jesus out of my church. <laughs> And then it's a little uh, picture of Jesus going, <laughs> <laughs> like for listeners, just putting his face to his thing and looking, you know. I wish we suspicious. could get fan art of that. That'd be so funny. Somebody, please do that shit for us. <laughs> we'll do that shit for us. <laughs> we'll just pretend to do guys. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, fake sign it. <laughs> yeah. Get your Jesus on my children. Dot com. <laughs> nah, that that's yeah. been my second topic. You know, I, I felt like it was a little juicier than the first topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I, I didn't think it would go that far uh, in terms of detail and like back and forth. I think it was a good article. I, I just saw the article at first and I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like when I put on my phone and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I, I do like that article a lot. Yeah, no, I, because again, I was just super curious by what it meant in, in the first place of like, well, what's going on between church and state? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with my beliefs and whatnot, I, I'm just oh, always really on top of that, I guess, I'm just yeah. trying to see of like what's being done. Um, and I just, uh, find it, uh, really alarming yeah. when a uh, religion gets kind of shoved down people's throats. Yeah. So it, it can be a little scary. Um, get out of my children's throats, Jesus. <laughs> 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 I, I agree though. I fully, I fully agree. It's, it shouldn't be done. Not with any religion at all, because, there are so there are so many religions out there, you know. There are like thousands, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know, it's one thing it's one thing to do it at home because you know it's family mm-hmm. generation and things like that. Yeah, but to, at a public school and things like that, because I don't think we'd be having this conversation if this happened at say a, a private school or yeah. a church or a school. What you, what would you think if he did that on Zoom meetings with kids? Uh, That'd be interesting, right? Like he's like, hey, excuse me, guys, I'm just gonna pray real quick. But he doesn't turn off his mic or doesn't mute himself. He just prays. I mean, ideally, they would just tell him to mute his mic. And I feel like it'd be easier to just accept that than mm-hmm. it would be to just stop praying entirely. Yeah. Because um, if he's just doing it off camera and he mutes his mic, then it's like no one has to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But um, the biggest debate has just been that he's doing it in front of like the players and yeah. the students and stuff. So um, imagine he prays in terms of his video, but not his mic. And all you hear is. Jesus, I hate these fucking kids. Please just let me get through one more year before I fucking kill myself. I fucking hate these kids. <laughs> hey guys, I'm back. This is awesome. <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Joseph Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, man. America. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, again, you know, do do what you want with religion, as I always say. Do what you want. In general, just don't hurt, kill anything, people, you know. Yeah, just as I always say, whatever gets you out of bed in the morning, you mm-hmm. know, whatever whatever makes you roll up, whatever gives you morning wood, any <laughs> yeah. of that, I don't care. <laughs> just keep that shit to yourself. That ass, that ass. And nobody care. Don't poke me with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, but uh, that, yeah. that was the second topic. <laughs> nice. Um, the third topic is going to be a little shorter because okay. uh, it's not super expensive, but... 
I, I was seeing the headlines about this and yeah. it's local news and I like talking about local news. Nah, it's dope. But uh, I'll read I'll read the headline for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, woman is fatally shot while pushing baby in Surler on Upper East Side. So the victim was Isaiah Johnson. Uh, she was 20 years old and was shot to death near the intersection of Lexington Avenue and 95th Street on That's June terrible. 29th, which was a Wednesday. Absolutely terrible. The victim's three-month-old child was unhurt, and this happened around 8.30 p.m. And it was kind of quiet in the neighborhood because um, it's 8.30, yeah. uh, but it wasn't in the middle of the night. It wasn't dead. Uh, three months, right? She was the baby? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, the assailant shot her once in the head at very close range, and she was taken to Metropolitan Hospital Center and pronounced dead. The attacker, who was wearing a black hooded sweatshirt and black pants, ran off uh, after firing, and they went east uh, down a tree-lined block with brownstone buildings on one side and a park mm-hmm. and public school on the other. So this this dude literally just this piece of shit ran up, popped her, and ran. And for what reason? Like you know, like what is going on? That's just fucking terrible, man. So, and so when it happened, mm-hmm. the biggest question was just why? Why? Yeah, and they were really trying to pinpoint why this could be happening because they figured this wasn't just a random act like an of assassination violence. or some shit like that. Yeah, they yeah. think it was an assassination. Oh, they so they thought they they thought there was a motive for doing yes, oh, because okay, okay. they because they thought that there was that there's no reason for this wow, random somebody? act of violence. There's that it seems like it was done out of passion mm. is what they were saying. Of the Christ. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pass that story, Frankie. <laughs> well that that's fucking terrible. Okay, so what happened? So now what's happened, which happened on Friday, July 1st, mm-hmm. uh, the father has been arrested. Mm. Uh, the father, Isaac Argro, was apprehended in the Brownsville neighborhood of Brooklyn and was charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon. Oh, shit. This was premeditated murder. Ah, this is premeditated murder. He intended to kill my daughter no matter what. This was said by Lisa Desort, who was Miss Johnson's mother. Um there had been a history of domestic abuse and threats between Mr. Argro and Ms. Johnson, mm-hmm. and according to Ms. Johnson's family and law enforcement officials, uh, Mr. Argro had threatened Ms. Johnson regu- regularly, Ms. Desert said, um, before and after the birth of their daughter. Mm-hmm. And she says, he beat my daughter up as she was six months pregnant and she left him. Ever since then, he's been threatening her and me with death. Jesus. And, and honestly, that's the story. It's, it's, so it's really, like open ended, right? You don't know, know what's happening at this point. Yeah. Cause it's still pretty fresh. We don't know exactly why he did it. It's yeah. just all we know now is that there's been a history of domestic abuse between them. Um, and it clearly, this guy has issues. Yeah. That's fucking sad, man. I mean, just sad. And, and not that it's not sad for the family of the, the mom and this and that. Oh, I mean, the same family of three months old, but. A three month old, like, was not gonna have a mother no more, you yeah. know, and and barely will have a father apparently because he's this and that. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know how you can humanly do that, you know, how you, I don't care what the situation is, unless it's like, you know, this mother was torturing you the whole, you know, and even then, there's no justification in killing, you know, it's just sad. That's just, and yeah, but it's not, and th- this is what's even sadder, I guess, in a sense, that it's just not, it's not surprising to me in terms of New York City. Because New York City is a dangerous place too. Yeah, the yeah. the article um really tried to get into sort of the uh uh sort of gun politics of it all of just yeah. kind of trying to push uh, beat that dead horse again mm-hmm. of like oh you know this is just another uh oh, she should probably keep that out the fucking article to be honest with you, you know? <laughs> not a bad way I'm just saying like chill with your politics ho <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> you know? I I 
the reason why I didn't include it yeah. in this is because I didn't feel like it was necessary for us to talk about because we yeah. talked about gun rights and gun control mm-hmm. on this show before and, and, and whatever. And it is pretty much shooting a dead horse, you know, to get it a little more. Yes. You know, it's pretty much that. Like, it's have your stances. I mean, you saw the DMs, the, the direct messages between me and Brian, like having mm-hmm. a whole fucking book's worth of talking and stuff. But, I mean, it's definitely something to talk about. But at the end of the day, uh, my mother is dead. A daughter will have no parent as, you know, this and that as she grows up. And it's just sad. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is it's not surprising to New York City. It's just aside gun violence. It's just, I mean, is that mental health? Is that gun violence? Is that this or that? I mean, it's one person affected at a time. And then that person's family is affected. And yeah, and I don't I, know, bro. I mean, when it was talking about, like, the gun control and gun violence mm-hmm. in New York City specifically, mm-hmm. they, they had, like, a whole paragraph where they listed a bunch of deaths yeah. of people that have been dying um, in the city. Uh, it also noted that... Um, since the pandemic, uh, which I mentioned before, crime yeah. has risen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on top of that, uh, deaths by guns have gone up. Yeah. Uh, I and it. I don't have the numbers, but from what I remember, is that um, twenty twenty one had the most uh death by guns. We have less. I think we have a twelve percent drop this year compared to last year nice. of guns by death, but that we're still in a at a yeah. higher percentage than twenty nineteen. Of course, I mean. And then it comes down to like, are those guns legally bought or illegally bought? You know, and that that's something the article is also talking mm-hmm. about because uh, our mayor was also talking about the whole situation, talking about how he's going to try and crack down on this situation and gun control and all this stuff and whatever. Yeah. So the article really tried to sort of have that in at the end. Yeah. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, like, what else can you say about this article? Because yeah. yeah. it's just this it sucks yeah. and there's it, it seems like such a random act of hate mm-hmm. and we again we still don't even have the full details mm-hmm. we don't know why he did it we don't know for what reason yeah and say it's not the husband you know i know it kind of seems like him is you know but say it isn't right i mean i, I wouldn't be surprised either way i wouldn't be surprised if it was just some random motherfucker that just did that shit even though it is just a completely random act of violence you know I don't know. This city don't fucking surprise me at all no more. Any city in the world, to be honest with you. But I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look at the Copenhagen shit. Remember? Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> I try to say it right, but yeah, I still want to say it. I still want to say Copenhagen. And uh, yeah, I mean, somebody three dead and two wounded, if I'm not mistaken, in a mall. And where is Copenhagen anyway? Uh, I believe that's Denmark. Okay, I'm gonna right. just believe you. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it sucks, man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it, it there's a lot of violence going out there, mm-hmm. and uh, and I mean, especially here in New York City, because uh, the article was also pulling up quotes from people that live in the neighborhood. Some people were surprised, some were not. Some were definitely just kind of like, "Well, this is New York City, I'm not surprised," and whatever. Yeah. Other people were like, "I can't believe that this is yeah. such a nice neighborhood," and whatever. But I think the location is pretty interesting to happen in the Upper East Side. Yeah, because like that that's a pretty uh. I wouldn't even say gentrified, but that's mm-hmm. just sort of a, a high rise like area. Yeah. I mean, those places are getting gentrified though. Everywhere, everywhere is getting gentrified. You know, um, it's I, I just wouldn't say it's gentrified just because mm. it's like OG. Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> like before gentrification yeah, was a yeah, thing. Yeah. Like it was already like that. Like uh, already high rise luxury and shit like that being right next to Central mm-hmm. Park and everything. But now it's OG, outstandingly gentrified. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm here on nice. it. I'm here on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, truly, rest in peace to her, and damn. Uh, yeah, there's not really much else you could say about that, for real. I just, it's one of those things where just be careful out there all the time. Uh, it's a very harsh place for people, especially women, you know, and yeah. it sucks. And, and I was I was talking about that with uh, Beatrice, too, how about, how about um, 
she was telling me a story about her friend who was just talking about like her experience in New York City and you know uh, how like Asians are supposedly getting more uh, directed hate towards them, which you know I don't know. I just think everybody in New York City has a harsh time, and I just think that we should really look at those statistics, you know, before anything else. I think a lot of people face diverse adversity in New York City is how I'll keep it like more simple and stuff. Cause I don't want to like shit on Asians and be like, no, <laughs> that's not true. You know, but I think there's a lot of crime happening everywhere, you know? Um, but she was saying how like, Oh, you know, this guy was, you know, look, he's just staring at me and this and that. But I think the guy had just glanced at her like once real quick. Mm-hmm. And, but then, uh, then women are always saying like, "I wish I could go outside at three a.m. You know, then take a stroll." I think that's like those are like trending posts about that. Like, what would you okay. do if there was no men in the world? And then they would say like, "Oh, I would, I would take a stroll at three a.m." I mean, first of all, would you really do that? <laughs> like, you know, but I'm saying, of course you would, you know, because you'd be able to. And it's definitely much harder for women to go out there at night, especially than men. I think so. Even though it's you know that there's a kid who, who got killed. I think he was leaving a, a gay club, the Julio. I forget his name. Okay. I'm a, I'm gonna but basically um he was found dead and all his bank accounts were drained. Damn. Yeah, and after he was leaving uh like a gay club or something like that. And it's just uh, I'm not trying to okay, I'm not trying to say who who has a tough who who doesn't. I will say that women are a bigger risk for, you know, greater violence and this and that because men are be physically stronger and this I mean and that's that. just statistic. Yeah, exactly. Like without cuz it's just, you know, eggshells as fuck. Oh, wow. This just in. This <laughs> just in? Yeah, not... not. Do, 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 do. Oh, my God, bro. This is actually kind of crazy. Uh, five people were killed and 16 were hospitalized in the shooting uh, in Chicago, Highland Park. God damn. Yeah, that... Four minutes ago. I'm, I actually got chills reading that shit. Fuck. Bro, what the fuck? Wow. Shit. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to read through this article real quick because um, it's not that long at all. Yeah, five people died... Because they opened fire at a parade in Chicago suburb of Highland Park. Uh, they're searching for the subject, sub, um, suspect. Um, they recovered a firearm. 16 people are in the hospital. And Jesus Christ, man. This video is on social media appearing to show bloodied parade goers fleeing the parade in the downtown area. Bro, I'm getting chills just reading this. That's fucking crazy. That's that just... I mean, I don't know if it just happened, but it's literally just reported. That's insane, man. Bro. What the fuck <laughs> Like you know Like Jesus Christ Wow And like it's like We were just talking about that stuff You know like yeah, I think maybe even before this Or something but Bro and, and that's scary man Man Fuck I'm gonna look up Hashtag Chicago I'm just That's fucking wild I mean I've, I've always kind of Been waiting for a breaking news thing You know Not that one though <laughs> Damn that's, You remember we talked about The lady who's on death row And as soon as Literally as we were talking uh-huh. about her She was Uh found like she, she didn't have to univer- that was some universe type shit hell for yeah, sure bro. hell yeah <laughs> but that's not this universe this is just gun violence and the 4th of July shooting gross damn bro and it had to happen on 4th of July yeah. too I mean I'm pretty sure that had to be planned but what the fuck like you know I'm not trying to even be funny about America you know I'm, I'm trying to say like what the fuck is this person doing you know I wonder what that motive would end up coming out to be Fuck man, I I maybe we'll do an update on, yeah. on that. But yeah. I mean, for sure, we're going we're gonna do an update on this third mm-hmm. story. Story if any uh, information comes out. Hopefully, of, hopefully more information comes out. Yeah, because no. I I would love to know why why this woman had to die. Because mm-hmm. that no no amount of domestic abuse should lead to death like no, that. Like that's not at all. that's fucking crazy. Not at all. And uh, 
I forgot to write it down, but can you uh, kindly pull up the number of the domestic abuse hotline? Is oh, that, yeah. I got you right now. That would be great to, to put down here. Domestic abuse hotline, I will tell you right now. It is uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. They're available 24-7, English, Spanish, and 200 more, language through inter- 200 more languages through interpretation. You can text them at, you could text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 8878, or you can call them at 800-799-7233. And they also have a website. It's thehotline.org. So you can use all those sources. Please get to it if you're experiencing that. And, you know, like, I hope you aren't, you know, but if a yes. friend is or this and that, please always, you know, and, and if you have your phone, all of those resources for anything, suicide, all that stuff, always available on your phone. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, Jesus. you know, it's crazy. I, um, my mom, uh, I was just walking length the other morning and, um, uh, her and like Lucas got into like a little dispute and whatever. And uh, <laughs> I thought you meant Link. I'm so like her and Link, <laughs> the do- her dog. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Lucas tried calling her um, mm-hmm. as soon as she went outside and she answered the phone. But uh, as soon as she answered the phone, like she like noticed behind her that some dude is walking like really close to her. Oh my God. And so she hung up the phone for some reason. Oh, and continue to just kind of like walk away to get away from this guy. Mm-hmm. But when Lucas and I heard about what happened, we were like, why, Why did you, you hang, hang up, up the, the phone? phone? Yeah. Like, that's the worst thing you could have yeah, done. Like, you need to have that available. I mean, it could also be maybe to call the police or this and that. But you're right. Like, it's the worst thing you could do at the moment. I, I we um, were just, we were just really freaked out, and we were just, like, kind of pissed. We yeah. were just like, damn, Ma, like, what the fuck? Why didn't you just stay on the phone? You were already on the phone, like, yeah. Because I, I remember, uh, like, with my ex and whatever, like, any time that uh, she felt like she was being followed, she used to call me yeah. and whatever. And just so that way she could feel like she's uh, so safer, a little safer more, and whatever. Like, you know, heard and witnessed. And yeah. Like so it's just I was I was like, Ma, you're you're bugging. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Bone the fuck up, Ma. <laughs> I mean, for any guy that has had that experience of, you know, especially somebody who's a woman who's called her, like, even if it's like a friend or like a personal like relationship and this and that. But like I've had that happen to me where I'm just out and then like, you know, Beatrice calls me and she's like, hey, like I, I really feel like somebody's following me. And it's like you can never take that lightly. You know, like sometimes, yes, you just think. But I mean, she's told me multiple times where she's like, you know, you, you have to believe in general. You're not going to be like, no, you're fine. This mm-hmm. and that. And you know she had to go into a store and this and that and I and even though she was like two blocks away like the, the most I could do because I wasn't I wasn't she was two blocks away from the house and I wasn't there so I called her Uber from there to two you know two blocks away so just to get home and stuff but I mean that's something you can always do like is to help out you know get them a cab ASAP tell them to go into a very popular area get them a cab even no matter how far they are or uh, but it's scary like I was there I felt powerless you know I felt this and that and. I mean, I, if I'm feeling scared in that moment, imagine how scared, you know, the counterpart must feel. Yeah. And, and not even a woman, just a, even even if you called me and you were like, bro, I'm scared as fuck. I'm like, ah, it's your fault. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if my I met a bitch, can't get the phone. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, do whatever you can. Like, feel safe enough to call people and stuff. But, and again, the back to the whole New York City being just this fucking jungle of disgustingness, you know, that, you know, with nice sunsets. <laughs> New York, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can't do. <laughs> the new song by Alicia Keys, New York, with like Kanye and shit like that. Fuego. Yeah. Fuego. I love that song, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, with this whole 4th of July shooting, do you think we will stop having live events in the future like this? It's kind of hard to not do them, but imagine, imagine a whole year, which, you know, whatever you believe in this and that, like every event gets shot up. 
Well, I mean, it kind of makes me think about, uh, we were just talking about France and Europe and the shootings going yeah. on over there. And it makes me think about how they've been talking about uh, encasing the Eiffel Tower to wow. uh, uh, prevent any uh, future terrorist attacks on the Eiffel Tower. But then it would just be a terror attack on the encasing. <laughs> I mean, the Eiffel Tower wouldn't go down. That's true. It's kind of like how the Mona Lisa had that thin glass in front of it and somebody threw cake at it. You ever heard about that? No, I haven't. What the fuck? It's like major news. Uh, some two, some person, I think it was two guys or one guy, but there was one guy dressed up as an old lady and he just threw cake at the Mona Lisa. Bro. <laughs> but the Mona Lisa had a, a thin layer of glass, so it was fine. But this dig it. <laughs> That's just mad fun. There was also another artist who I would like to share. I mean, this this is not really that original. I know a lot of people like to just advocate against, oh my God, they did something so different, even though they're recreating the same thing. But there's an artist by the name of, uh, I think, oh man, I don't know what her name is. There's, there's probably so much times people have done this, but they drew a, a black Mona Lisa. Okay. And the one I saw recently, which is dope. I mean, it's just cool. There's a whole lot of artists who probably didn't done this. And we got to get on Twitter. We got to get on Twitter, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I can't find the caption for it, but this is how she looks. You know? Cool. Okay. Like, just pretty okay. cool and stuff like that. Um. There is a, this is also I heard on the Drone Podcast because <laughs> it, it informed my fucking. There's a there's a Leonardo da Vinci painting that's sold for just ridiculous amount of money, right? But when it before when it was sold, I don't think the details were released that it had been refurbished by another expert painter. Okay. So majority of the painting was like fucked. So they had a expert painter fill in the fucked parts of the painting. And essentially, 90% of the painting is the expert artist and like 10% and like the rest of it is Leonardo da Vinci's painting. Hmm. So when they sold it, was it like, you know, like how are you advertising it being sold as? And is it still technically a Leonardo da Vinci painting? That uh, that may, that makes me think about, um, I forget the name of the boat, but the story of like this guy with the boat of like when that you, replaced. Yes, piece that's whatever. exactly what they were talking about too. Like when you replace a boat, you know, you're, where's the old boat? Because now you're making a new boat. Yeah. Like the wood and stuff like that, right? So. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I would say it definitely has to be, there needs to be an asterisk to that for sure. Like people need to know yeah. that uh, before they buy it of like, hey, mm-hmm. only like really 10% of this is, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, uh, like still alive or whatever know. from Da Vinci's painting. But no, that's that's interesting. Yeah, imagine like a comic book where the last 30 pages and it's like 600 pages that's a long ass comic book <laughs> but you know but the last 30 pages have gotten fucked and it's the only copy and it's Stan Lee's only copy of this but they they hired like the best comic book writer in the world to finish the story based because they knew Stan Lee so well and it's like is that well, let's say 30 pages let's say like if it's 600 pages let's say 301 pages he, he wrote for the rest of it and 299 were Stan Lee's Hmm, I don't know. You know, cause, cause that's in, like because I feel like writing and like uh, drawing, art, it, like uh, are are separate different that's because true. it's like because I think of this Leonardo da Vinci painting, like you can fill in the blanks, but with a story, you need to just 
go off of that. That's you like your brain, your your upcoming. Like you can't copy like a person's words. Yeah. Or you can't recreate a person's words. Yeah. Like you can try your best, but it can't be one to one. And I guess you can say that about art, but I guess the way I I envision this Da Vinci painting is that there are just literal like holes missing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of like, well, what just... else could literally be here than like a strand of hair or something? <laughs> yeah. And and I think about the last episode. Check out our last episode because um we did this right where we we traded off um what was it we took 10 minutes to write a story was that last, last episode or two, episodes, two ago. episodes ago check out we'll check out both of them <laughs> <laughs> check out all what episode is this this is episode 23 oh shit you, you want you want to uh know the joke i had for this episode? yeah that's why i've heard of what's up what's nobody up? likes you when you're 23 that ass and i'm gonna just leave it at that it's all downhill from there so bitches. this is the worst episode oh you know it's funny i was um when i was uh with jonathan yesterday right shout out to jonathan he brought me a little season's pizza nice let's give him a moment of what a good jonathan. boyfriend <laughs> 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 we passed a bar and the bar said you must be 23 years old or older to come in this establishment what the fuck yeah i didn't know you could do that what the fuck sounds I was, like bullshit yeah i wonder if they, you get id'd and they're like yeah man you're 22 you gotta get the fuck out of here it's like what the fuck <laughs> you know when no when, newbies uh, when we went uh bowling the other night yeah. um fucking henry showed up without his fucking wallet oh and they do you there at the, and, at the gutter and lic check yeah it out. <laughs> and fucking henry tried to show a picture of his id to this guy and people the, be doing that and the guy was like nah and I was like, Henry, why were you just without your wallet? <laughs> like, because I'm badass like that, man. <laughs> what ended up happening? What did he show? He he went home, no and way. to get his wallet and came all the way back. If I was the bouncer, and, I'd be like, you're just going. <laughs> and by the time he got back, the bouncer was asleep. I fucking he that. was pissed. <laughs> he was fucking pissed. He just walked in. That's fucking bad, funny, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I barely get ID now, and I'm like, damn, I look old as fuck now. <laughs> like, I'm not even like. You know, permissible. It's your swagger. Oh, you're right. I'm too fucking cool. <laughs> like they're, they're like, show me your ID. I'm like, piss off. They're like, you know what, bro? You, you, you're fucking suave as shit. They're like, show me your ID, and you're like, I can do that. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I can absolutely do that. Not my passport. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to having your ID, bro. I had to travel with my fucking passport for like a year, two years, three years, four years. Ridiculous. They fucking sucked, bro. <laughs> You lose your ID, get that shit back, bro. You do not want to lose your passport. You know how much fucking <laughs> stress, how much fucking what's it? Cortisone. Cortisone is a chemical that produces stress. And, I, uh, I would, I wouldn't know, man. When you were with Frankie, I told you I'm you not, learned. I'm not good at science, Frankie. <laughs> oh yeah, you're just sexist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sexy. Oh okay, okay. And on that note, <laughs> we are at the AMC section. Well, we're back. We're here. We never left. I don't know why I always say that. It's just a force of habit because, you know, spiritually, we went away for like 10 seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know. One could I, say we prayed. Or or <laughs> one could say that we're tapping in our clones. Oh, yeah, because, you know, this is, we work so hard. Mm-hmm. This is an exhausting project every single time. So our clones mm-hmm. got to come in. Cloning we, is real. We split up the news and entertainment section uh, with our clones. Yep. After, like, and then we just put them away in the storage closet where they stay. And Until, work in the next entertainment section. And we go live lives and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. But wait, are we the clones? Wait. Uh, hold on, let me, let me, I hope. The, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ask them audibly because visually. Okay. Oh. All right. Yo, yo clones. Yo. <laughs> yo. Who's the clones? I'm going to tell you right now. 
Go fuck yourself. It's the one on the right. <laughs> what? What does he mean on the right? No idea. Fuck, fuck you, clones. <laughs> I don't like this, man. Yeah, fuck. That's why they're in that closet. <laughs> <laughs> Storage space. <laughs> Damn. Fuck this clone, bro. Clone, clones equal slavery. You know, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's, you you ever seen Living of Yourself with Paul Rudd? No. That Netflix show? Pretty so, good. Is it new or old? Uh, Kind of new. Uh, Like a couple years. Well, he has a, has a clone of himself? Mm-hmm. You ever seen the Black Mirror episode where uh, the lady's husband dies? Uh, Black Mirror episode, the lady. Yeah. I don't think so. Can I spoil it for you? Want me to tell you? Nah. Oh, bro, it's fucking crazy. Well, I mean, the basis, you can probably already tell what it has to do with peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> no, the basis and tortas. is- <laughs> And tortas. <laughs> and the mint. <laughs> no, um, I suggest watching that shit ASAP. I forget what it's called. I love how they titled the episodes, but it's so good. It's so like, oh, you know, like it just. <laughs> I mean, man, we really got to get in our Patreon shit so facts. we can start uh, watching shows. That's true. And reading books. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do a little solo action. You'll read a book with me. <laughs> but, I mean, even comic books, man. You've read so much comic books that even on the side shit, you know what I mean? Like we it, when we do a Patreon, we should do a whole Sandman series. Oh, like, that'd be dope. Just do one like story each because there's so many fucking stories and shit. Like yeah. That. Love that. I just finished, like I told you, the reading, I think, book three or book four. One of those. Okay. Okay. Nice. Bruh, crazy shit. Sandman, Neil Gaiman, shout out to that motherfucker. Let's go. But we are in the AMC, AMC section today. We're at the AMC section. Uh, we are at the end of our cycle. Um, we are now on comics. Yes, we are. And I'm, I was hosting this episode. I chose a comic. That's how this works. Yep. Um, and this is a comic that I read quite a while ago. And I figured... It's time to take a dive back into it and check it out again because nice. it was so much fun to read. And uh, the series finished maybe a couple of years ago. Oh, no way. Uh, <laughs> and has way. a really nice ending and stuff. Cool. cool. Um, but I, I I also wanted us to have a little bit of fun because we've yeah. been looking at a lot of serious stuff and whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I figured let, let's let's look at something a little more fun, a little more uh, uh, cheek and tongue, a little more lighthearted. <laughs> hey, I'm still unwinding from Mr. Miracle. <laughs> that was such a crazy comic. But, you know, like just th even thinking about it now, I can't wait to like go back and reread it. Like I genuinely can't. Like that has to be like top, I think, three favorite comic books that nice. I've read. It's just such an intense read, but but it's such a heartfelt story, you know, and, and it's so in and out. It's so like there will there will be no other like continuation of this. It's just that. Yeah. But Mystic Miracle by who was it again? Uh Tom King and mm -hmm. Mitch Garrett. That was that was a really, really great read. Not, I would not recommend it if you don't read comic books, like maybe a year not a year ago like months i don't know when mm. you started i if you if you had done that for the first one i'm like fuck this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm reading the funnies in the newspaper and that's it but man yeah definitely so but this was fucking fun and what but are we talking about today this man? book is super accessible comparatively uh -huh. yeah if you haven't read comics before this is maybe a really good place to start literally because this what we're looking at we are looking at sex criminals sex criminals volume volume one yep and uh it's written by matt fraction mm -hmm. and art is done by chip sartsky yep um and i'll tell you real quick to just give a quick little bio on both of them okay but uh, matt fraction um 
some stuff he's written before. He's famously written Hawkeye, crazy Iron, Iron Man, and Thor. That's fucking um, crazy for doing this and then to write those things. You know what I mean? Well, like, he actually did these things before he wrote this. Interesting. So then he just had the liberty to do whatever the fuck he wanted. That that's that's usually how it goes down for mm. a lot of creators. Like once once they get a following after writing main story, mm. main hero titles and stuff, yeah. they get a following enough to start writing their own stuff that people would actually read. That's dope. Um, but Shipsartsky, uh, he started as an artist, um, and then he became a writer uh one of the first things that um uh i one of the first things that i read that he did his work in was howard the duck and oh, i've, and I I've talked about that. howard the duck to you i want to read um, howard the duck so bad he did the yeah. art to those comics dope, dope. um and uh he but he also became a writer mm-hmm. down down the line and some of the stuff that he's written, he's written Spider-Man, Justice League, and he famously writes Daredevil right now. Wow. Or I don't know if he still writes it, but uh, he, yeah, he wrote Daredevil. And it's so dope. Really man. good run. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are just quick little bios on on the creators because um, I think they deserve it. Yeah. Um, Even at, in the, at the end of it, when, when I copied the, the back of it, it just said like, oh, this and that. He's written Hawkeye. And in my head, I'm like, holy shit. Like, again, the name of this uh, comic, I kept, I kept calling it Sex Diaries. It's Sex Criminals. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but it's amazing. Like you put that after, you know, Spider Man, Hawkeye, this and that, you know. Yeah. And uh the reason why I didn't want to prop my book up just yet is because I wanted to show you my my copy. Yeah, because, man, it's uh, super fucking dope. Because uh <laughs> it's it's the big hardcover version of it. Hey. So they call it <laughs> big hard sex criminals. <laughs> And uh, on the back it says for mature readers, duh. duh. <laughs> yeah. And this is what it, uh, this is what they put at the back of every issue as uh, well. So when I started picking these up in issues, they yeah. would say this at the end, and it would have something different every time at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So for this, it says it's a graphic novel about a couple who stop time when they <laughs> orgasm, so they rob banks. And literally, that is what this whole volume is about. I'm sure the whole story is this compared to this. I mean, the volume's continuation. But yeah, it's that. It's people who, when they orgasm, time stops. And they're like, hey, let's rob a bank. But it's why they stop. And it's why they rob a bank that we're going to discuss. Yeah. You know? And something I also want to show you, because while this is funny, yeah, you might think to yourself, oh, I don't want to read a book that says big hard sex criminals <laughs> and for mature readers Duh. out in public. Yeah. Maybe I want to take off the sleeve so that way I can be a little <laughs> conspicuous. <laughs> they were one step ahead of you. No fucking way. <laughs> oh, man, you got to show the camera. That. They were one step ahead of you, bud. <laughs> That's so fucking fucking. I see the back is the back is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well so what, no I, what i'm showing frankie way. right now to the audio listeners what my what my book has we'll probably put this in the supplementary yeah please, we have to but uh that's what, fucking funny what my book shows <laughs> is that it disguises itself as a completely different book called down boy and there's an innocent picture of a puppy in the middle <laughs> with a needle about about to get him and if you notice their names are messed up purposely okay to, so they're fake names so instead of matt fraction it's matt fraction <laughs> And he's the acclaimed author of Heavy Petting, Battling Obesity in Your Pet, and Chad Zerdke, who is the acclaimed author of Pussy Patrol, Wrangling Neighborhood Feral Cats While Getting Mad Laid. And is this supposed to be representing euthanasia? Like, you know, but yes. <laughs> on the top, it says, when is it a good time to euthanize your pet? Is it ever not a good time? That's fucking funny. It just I wish they could see what I saw just now. Because I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you once we got into it. So this book is 
literally what we talk like sex. It's like all about sex, right? And I, I was trying to read it in public places everywhere <laughs> I went. So when I first got my copy, right? Literally, I was walking Beatrice to to work, but on her way is a comic book shop. Shout out to Action City Comics. Listen to the podcast one day, please. <laughs> uh, I go in. I call ahead though. I always call ahead. I'm like, hey, do you guys have uh, uh, sex diaries? <laughs> sex criminals? Uh, they're like, yeah, we all of them. I walk in. He's like, yeah, they're all down here. Literally all of them are at the bottom nice. shelf. And I'm like, nice. I got volume one, volume two. I walked out and I dropped Beatrice off. She's like, what you going to do? And I was like, I'm probably going to a bar to read this, you know, because like, I like I like going to a bar and reading comics. It's like definitely a cool little time, right? And then I opened the first page and literally the first page of the book is just two people straight up fucking. <laughs> right in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's not even, it's a splash page. Is that a splash page or no? Yeah. That's a splash. I'm learning. <laughs> it's a splash page of just them fucking right in there. And then somebody's like, like, you know, trying to come at them. But it, it, was, it was like, okay. I don't really care. I actually remember I told you I saw Toy Story at the bar the other day. Um, <laughs> so my my bar reputation is fun. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking guy read Playboys and kids movies. <laughs> at the bar. Cartoon uh, nudies. Yeah. Just fucking watch hentai at the bar. I'll take a sangria. <laughs> but um, that's fucking funny. That would have been a lot helpful. <laughs> yeah, I I'm gonna read the back for you as well because it's pretty funny. Please do. It says, it's time to admit you made a mistake. Owning a pet is a terrible idea. Sure, little Fido used to be a cutesy wootsy little puppy whoopie, but you're a grown-ass adult human of a grown-ass job. Who has time for all the feeding, watering, physical activity, warm places, sleep, and affection these horrible, stupid house wolves demand? Mm -hmm. And who has a place in their busy lives for all the love and sickingly sweet loyalty these monsters ooze? Nobody, that's who. And you are one of those nobodies. It's time to take the ultimate step in every pet owner must take recreational <laughs> euthanasia and this book gives you step-by-step -step information how to do it don't be ashamed of killing of your pet killing game only hitler loved dogs and all cats are assholes hitler did love dogs and and they have uh, a little section where it says praise for down boy with some quotes one of them says i'm free i'm finally finally free and in just six months i saved enough in kibble money to buy a gently used iphone this this was from T Dog Whistler, fake name of a popular TV show about animals. Maybe <laughs> second quote: I never knew this little monster would crap and pee in a box in my house for like fifteen years. This book was my get out of a house of a box of cat poop and pee box free card, and it can be yours too. By Doctor Phil Collins, associated <laughs> with neither TV's Doctor Phil or music's Phil Collins. And then they have little bios for themselves as well uh, at the bottom. Dr. Matt Frapton mm -hmm. attended Doolittle Veterinarian College where he majored in pet euthanasia <laughs> and minored in breaking the news. Since graduating in 2013, <laughs> Dr. Frapton has successfully put down over 2,000 pets. Jesus Christ. With a 92% uh, success rate, yeah. he is renowned public speaker, espousing his views in parks, parking garages, and during public concerts down by the waterfront. Chad Zertke never met an animal he couldn't finish off. <laughs> Dr. Frapton and, and Mr. Zertke have been straight married for 17 wonderful years and have one child who's a cat named Kelly Sue Furconic. <laughs> and just a little fun fact, yeah. the Kelly Sue Furconic is a is a pun because uh, there's another comic writer uh -huh. whose name is Kelly Sue DeConic. And that's why they put it in as like that. Yeah, because they're friends of her. That's super dope. I, I, I'm not even, it's not skipping to the end of the story. It's just the end of the book when I'm reading it. I, I'm pretty sure I have it in yours, but it shows a picture of, their, their first names are what, Matt and what, Zach? 
uh, uh, Chip. Chip and Zach, right? Uh, Matt, Matt and Chip are the first names. <laughs> Matt and Chip. Uh, and then at the at the end of it, it's like this, like the cliche picture of like it's him holding him from behind or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show the camera. <laughs> it's like the Step Brothers poster, but it's just them like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> this guy. This guy's sense of humor is out this world. That's so fucking funny, man. I just think, uh, like, good on them. And I think. I think truly to have this type of humor, you have to just be like human. Like, you know, and some people are so restricted. They think the word, like they think sex is taboo. They think euthanasia. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you gotta think freely and it really shows with this story. Yeah, they they really, they have so much fun with this book yeah, and man. it's just, it shows. Yeah. Like they enjoy making this. And um, this happens in a lot of comics, but uh, a lot of the times um, like comics will have like a sort of after the after the issue like a writer will have like a little essay or something mm-hmm. like a little just tidbit thing of like what's going on at the story like a hello from from the writer mm-hmm. and um you see uh that as the story progresses it doesn't become so much about robbing banks anymore mm-hmm. but it really becomes about the relationship between Susie and Jonathan yes and um, and, and even in the beginning just internally like I, I just think it was a very raw or you know I like all these sex jokes and stuff <laughs> but it's very raw real uh, and we'll get into the story in a bit but I, I thought at first like I kept telling Beatrice I'm like this is a perfect and I know it's written by two men like written in a drama by two men but I'm like this is a good way to like it really is awesome because it starts off with the woman talking about her sexuality, discovering her sexuality and this and that. And honestly, like, um, like to get into it a little, when she finds, when Susie, she finds out at a young age, you know, how to orgasm and this and that, like how to come to an orgasm. And what I'm, the reason I bring that up is because it, it's drawn so beautifully on the pages. Like, what is it, like rainbow, like stripes all over the place. It's like, it becomes such a magical page where it's like, it, the correlation between those two visuals and the you know orgasming itself is, is fucking awesome. Like I think it's really well drawn and it's this is such a beautifully visual story. Yeah, you know? I mean I love Chip Sarsky's art. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. I I honestly take a lot of inspiration from his art personally because awesome. awesome. um I just I I love the sort of cartoonish uh, look mm-hmm. that he brings. Yeah, but it's still really detailed. Oh, and that's kind of what I go for with my art, like a cartoonish but detailed look. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love his art. It he he has such an attention to detail. I think, yeah. and uh, he w- w- the couple times that I met him, he's always told me like, you know, teach yourself how to draw yeah. and practice, practice, practice. And that I I took that to heart because I was like, you know what? Yeah, I should just teach myself how to draw because if he can do it, I can do it. You ever hear uh, the joke? Um, somebody gets to a cab in New York City and they're like, hey, uh, excuse me, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? You, you've told this one before. And the cab driver looks back and he's like, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but can you get me there? Because I got to fucking go. <laughs> fucking late, asshole. <laughs> I'm here for fucking job. I want to see a comedy show. I go to the comedy, the comedy <laughs> seller. <laughs> uh, no, but it's true. It's very. I mean, with anything, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, it's the truth. And you're not going to get nowhere until you do that shit 10,000 times. And then even then, 20,000 times. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, but it's awesome. But uh, to, to start diving into it, I mean... Like like uh you mentioned mm-hmm. uh which kind of starts off but um oh by the way um the volume one uh you can find online for free uh, not volume okay. one I'm sorry but issue one sorry. okay issue one because the volume is a collection of issues I'm mm-hmm. learning that too uh if you go on Google Play or if you just look up um sex criminals uh, comic book Google Play will take you and you can read the first issue for free nice so it's super cool super accessible and yeah I mean it's just kind of them to do that. 
But yeah, I'm going uh, to I don't I don't know if your copy had uh, this little like forward uh, in it. Um, oh, I think it did. Uh, maybe it did. I just I can't even read it, so I probably skipped over it. To be honest with you. It's also just a joke. Oh, uh, it says, it's you, it's you, it's all for you. Everything I do, tell yes. you all the time. I read it. Heaven is a place on earth if you, Chip, from Matt, after El Duray. <laughs> <laughs> for my ex-wife, Roberta, you made me a better man, parentheses, divorce, <laughs> Chip. <laughs> that fucking jokes, this, bro. so fucking funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... To to just kind of dive into it, mm-hmm. like again, the premise is is about these two characters, Susie and Jonathan. They meet each other, um, and uh, well, we start off with Susie because I feel like Susie's more the main character. Yeah. Than, than her origin story is kind of shown right off the bat. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, it it breaks a fourth wall with uh, showing little Susie growing up and stuff, and you have older Susie uh, mm-hmm. kind of speaking to the camera, yeah. speaking to us, the audience, the reader, um, and it right away uh we have one of the earliest uh jokes that we get um in in the book where i don't know if you if if you caught it in the background um on page seven uh it had, there's a poster in the classroom we're actually on page oh, six come at the frog reading uh, is sex reading is sexy look come at the frog is the frog but reading is sexy okay so that's like one of the first jokes that we get and uh, there's a she, lot of those things yeah in the just whole in the background book. just mm-hmm. always like that yep but uh, we find out that Susie's uh, dad uh, was killed in, in a bank. Um, Somebody had just lost everything with, with the stock market crashing or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, and he was just like an, uh, like an accountant or something. He mm-hmm. just was at the wrong place, wrong time type deal. And as and, she's telling us, she's like, I promise the jokes are coming later on. Yeah. Which is interesting. But like, it, it was a really depressing intro. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, you, you kind of get uh, some sort of black comedy where you see her on Halloween and uh, she uh, goes to get some candy and she's just not in a costume. And oh, yeah. Like, who are you for Halloween, little girl? And she just says, I'm the little girl whose dad just died. <laughs> and she just sticks her bag out with a smile. <laughs> and she's like, I, pr- I practically made myself a diabetic that year. <laughs> so it, this whole book is just so cheek and tongue. Like, yeah. it doesn't take anything serious. And uh, it just shows her getting to the bathtub and... Finally, as she's in the bathtub laying down, like, I guess the water's hitting her in the right spot Mm -hmm. and she orgasms. Yeah. And that's where we get to see, um, as as you mentioned, the sort of lights and the sort of like color spectrum and things like that. Yeah. Because it's such a visual language, I think, to translate where once you see these uh, swirls coming in and stuff. Yeah. That's when, you know, an orgasm has happened and they're in what she calls the quiet. The quiet. And it kind of reminds me of uh, Mr. Miracle when they go to like outwards of the earth. It's like black pages in the back. But when they're in there, if it's like white pages mm-hmm. in the back. And, and real quick, the before like before she does enter the quiet aka her orgasm and stuff like that um right because there's a lot also like really dark shit in this too yeah you know and right before she enters the bathtub um she says this she's like uh even though she tried um talking about her mom to hide it uh from me i could always hear it when mom cried she said i had to hide underwater with the water running uh, to get away and basically saying like you know just to not hear her mother cry downstairs no more over her father's death that she would put herself in the water to not listen to it anymore and i mean that's just heavy like that that to me is like really heavy you know like to escape reality is is you know uh, some people say well from what i've heard that drowning is the most peaceful way to die to kill yourself because really? yeah i've said the word kill yourself in this episode so many times it's been all <laughs> jokes and this and that you know or like you know this whatever but apparently 
There was uh, a, I'm trying to find the panel, but there was a panel that I thought was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm about to find it right now. Um, it, it was basically uh, um, Susie uh, talking about um, how how uh, you know her mom is a drinker and stuff. And, oh, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, and it's like talking about um, uh, using like a gas mask or whatever, or like uh, when you're on a plane. Oh, right, I have it right here. She says, uh, "Yes, I'm actually gonna read the whole thing because it's uh, that shit is heavy too." What page is that? Uh, I don't. I only have it screenshotted. Uh, it doesn't really show. This is the earlier, um, but the panels are just her mom drinking and stuff. And she says, uh, "I just started screaming about everything, about everything." And mind you, she stops time. So right now she's a, her mom is taking a sip of alcohol, and time has stopped. And she's and she's breaking the fourth wall. Looking at herself, talk to her mother, and then she says, uh, "You read the page." Yeah. Okay. So I'll just read the first. I'll, I'll read this, and then you read the gas. So she says to her, um, talk, referring to her mom, "I just started screaming about about everything, about her, about me, about her drinking, about that." In the quiet was the only place I could talk to her for a couple of years. After this, even I just scream until everything stopped hurting. And then you see present day Susie kind of give her mom a kiss on the floor, on the back of her head. Mm -hmm. And uh, the caption reads, you know how they tell you on planes to put your own oxygen mask on first, even before you help your kids. And in that panel, it's it's sort of angled yeah. where the glass looks like an oxygen mask. Wow, I just got crazy. I never even noticed that. Like I, the, me reading it for me was like just saying like, holy shit. But seeing that visual. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that that's that's what I wanted wow. to point out because I thought that was just such a strong uh, image. I'm getting chills now, man. That's sad. That's so sad. Jesus yeah, Christ. The next caption just says she was trying so hard back then, and it's just you know it. Wow. It's definitely a sad story for sure. Um, like in terms of Susie's origin and stuff. Yeah. But uh, we <sighs> we still get some funnies pretty oh, early on. I mean, for sure. the, most of it most of it is funny. It just it's kind of like that Disney shit, right? Where they before they give you the funny stuff, they break your fucking heart like an <laughs> up. <laughs> but it, but that that is absolutely beautiful. I would like to get a poster of that. That would be cool as fuck. Yeah. That's. Um, but uh, pretty much after she orgasms for the first time, she's super freaked out and doesn't know why it happened. Yeah. She doesn't know what to do about it. And then it kind of cuts forward uh, to the present day and it shows that um, Suze uh, works at a library. Yep. And so she's throwing a party to uh, raise money for it. Because the library is getting foreclosed by the bank. Yes. And that's when uh, John uh, pulls up to the party and that's uh, they kind of see each other for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that's also when we get introduced to present day Rachel. Yeah. Where... Uh, this girl is a girl that Susie went to to try and get sex advice from because mm -hmm. she didn't know what happened after she orgasmed the first time. Yeah. And uh, I love I love how the panel to sort of remind you of uh, that it's her is just sort of a zoomed in. Like, <laughs> She's like, hey, slut. <laughs> yeah. Just a cropped in like thing of that panel. <laughs> but uh, uh, but Rachel has like, uh, according to Susie, has slept with like everybody she comes across. Right. Yeah. In present day. And um, yeah, that like she's just a super slut, pretty much. Yeah. And it talks about it. It, it shows uh, Susie <laughs> <Super> just. <laughs> <laughs> I, <like that. laughs> 
Uh-huh. But Susie just uh, it shows her uh, getting laid by some other dude, mm-hmm. and you know she orgasms, time freezes, and she just feels super sad and lonely because. And he stays in the position of of yeah. like you know like coming basically, yeah. and she gets to walk away. And, and so imagine this: like he's laying down in bed, and he's still holding, like he's still a missionary position on top of her. But time stops, so she gets to slip out under and walk away, and she's again feeling this loneliness and sadness. But then he's still laying on the bed, like with his face, like. <laughs> and she's like damn this sucks <laughs> but even then i think she says something really interesting she says um she th- she says uh, i suppose we always have these grand notions about what having sex will finally mean grand romantic weird it comes with expectations i'd hope there was something special about it that would that i wouldn't be left so goddamn alone and i was like damn bro <laughs> I was like, another one i was like chill the fuck out i'm trying to, to read batman <laughs> Better start fucking pulling my hair over yeah, my eyes, thanks, bro. <laughs> but uh, but it obviously shows this I, like this part, this, this filling in the gap of you can't you can't compensate for things that take true emotion or even love if you like to say I think I think teachers own when it comes to sex do whatever you gotta do and stuff but you gotta really also just uh, fulfill the needs correctly you know what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say like and it's interesting I think um, but in this case she's experiencing time freezing which is fucking crazy. <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah, and um, she decides that she's gonna try and get some uh, help again from Rachel and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she just goes up and has this. I, I like this little moment where it's where it has a black panel. It's like Susie versus the, the Dirty, Dirty Girls, Girls round two. <laughs> hey, bitches! <laughs> no, I I love how it says, "Hey, uh, bitches." <laughs> And she's yeah. like, I got something I want to ask you, 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 you sluts. <laughs> and they're like, um, uh, excuse me? <laughs> that thing that happens after you touch yourself where everything bleeds colors and all you can hear is that low rumbling sound and everybody's frozen. Like, what's up with that, skanks? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just looking back at her like, uh, um. <laughs> she's just like, oh God, and runs away. And then it's just like a funny runaway and it's strike one. <laughs> And then oh, this also, this fucking slut. But, but also on, in the next panel on this page yeah. in on the top panel, um, yeah. it says book sale. It says no comic books. Oh no fucking way! <laughs> That's crazy. That <laughs> also in the page before, she's wearing a shirt that says Grouf. Grouf. Okay. So like, oh, it's like Alf, yeah. but Grouf. That's dope as fuck. And she's also <laughs> wearing another shirt that says like East View Dark Elves. I don't, what I don't that? know. What, I don't know what that could be a pun. Oh, on. but it's probably something. It looks like uh, looks like Link, kind of like Zelda, you know. Um, but that's awesome. Those little things. Cause I've noticed a couple of them. My favorite one. I'll tell you later. It's pretty funny. But that's awesome. All right. Yeah, fucking. Uh, then Rachel pulls up to see Susie, and she's like, "Hey, slut." <laughs> and uh, she asks her to go smoke, and she's like, "I don't." And she's like, "Go." And uh, yeah. she tells her that she's willing to show her everything she knows about sex and whatever, and starts drawing all these sex positions on like the stall. And, and pretty crazy sex positions. Like at first, I was like, okay, we're probably gonna see some like real shit right here and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just we could read some if you want, and then we'll put, put the vision. <laughs> Swaffling, reverse reverse cowgirl, shrimping, the Dutch microwave, three second rule taco, quisping. E.T. the sex movie. <laughs> yeah. The fleshy light switch. The chocolate McKitten. Queeps. Torging. Autoerotic torging. Brimping. The candle in the wind. The user agreement. And I think that's it. <laughs> and I think that's it. Nice. 
And she's just like, what the actual fuck? And if you want to see the visuals of that, either buy the comic book, support some comic books, or you go to the YouTube video, and we'll put those <laughs> all up for you right now. <laughs> and then she just runs out, right? She just says, fuck that. I, this is a lot more than I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she she has a doctor's appointment for a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And um, she decides to ask uh, her, doc- her doctor what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, doesn't work out well, and she calls it. She consider, considers it strike two. Yeah, she says, and "Doctor, what happens when you have an orgasm for the first time?" I'm ask, asking for a friend, and the doctor's like, oh, "I usually fall asleep." <laughs> it's interesting. And yeah. uh, she goes home, and she's got, and she says, "Only one place left to turn." I really like this uh, page. I really like this page. And she decides to ask her mom, who's, who's drinking, drinking again, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she tries to ask her about sex questions and her mom just responds, great, now I'm raising a whore. Yeah. And present day Susie just says, strike three. Yeah, man. And I, I like the way they put it too because it's just, uh, that. that's why when I was, um, how can I say, when I was reading this book, I was like, this is a, I, I don't want to, I feel like I want to say this, but I don't. But what I'm trying to say is like, I think this is a great book for female perspective in terms of sexuality because I know nothing of that, right? I know nothing of what it's like to be a female growing up, experiencing your first period, experiencing this and that, like, you know, real, like, sexual questions or just upcoming or, like, dealing with the loss of a father or, like, a mom who drinks, you know, this and that. Very specific. But I'm turning sexuality. So I feel I was referring it to Beatrice. I'm like, you should check this out. And she was like, oh, why do you think I want to read that? I'm like, because who doesn't know about sex? <laughs> you know, but I was like, but and and but there's two male writers. So a lot of people probably be like, oh, this has this depicts nothing of what women feel like when they, you know, endure sexuality as they're growing up and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I, I think it's very dope. And, it, and it, I wonder how that feels, because I know like as men and like families, like sex is like, oh, yeah, nice. You know, yeah. like if me follow anybody else. Uh, but when a woman has sex and like especially Latino Latino families and this and that or Hispanic or this and that, it's like no, like you know, like nobody's touching my fucking daughter. I'm like, you better not. Like, what are you a slut? Like this and that, and this is, and just in America, that's the mm-hmm. way we view it as. And but then we have people like Amber Rose who's doing like, the slut walk, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> I think she's just profiting off that and this and that. <laughs> I don't think she really cares for that. But um, it's like, don't call yourself a slut. Just call yourself a human being. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, like it's, I mean, some women take pride in like being sluts, but that's what I mean though. Like a slut, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like take pride in, and again, be a human being, right? Like what, what's the difference between a slut and person who's not a slut? Just had more sex. Right. So is that just not being human and enjoying like sex? You get me? Does it like you, you like candy? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's your favorite food, right? Like, are you a, a fat fuck if you eat your favorite food all the time? Yeah. But if you like, you maintain your shape and shit, you know, like, you know, what I'm trying to say, like, if you don't get STDs, if you're not getting pregnant, abandoning children, like ruining your life, if you're able to do it while functioning fine, you're not a slut. You're just a human being. Same goes if you don't, if you have like a less amount of sex, but you maintain your happiness and this and that, you know what I'm trying to say? No, it's when you, I agree. It's when you overdo it and stuff like that, that you face the consequences of like, you know, like, you know, real hardcore shit. There's the. Like, I'm not saying sluts are supposed to have AIDS and stuff like that. You know what I'm trying to say? But I think there's no need for the word slut or whore or whatever. Those are like, it's like calling a person a witch. You know, it's like, but why would you label these people as that? I think it's a trendy thing now to, you know, to, you know, 
And I think I think I think, you know, I think women uh, like calling each other sluts. Yeah, but they also right? like calling each other, "Hey, bitch." No, okay. But that's what I mean. No, it's but like, but you know, what I'm trying to like. I think no, "Hey, bitch" is a different thing. Like it's more like, a, "Oh, you know, hey, friend," like whatever. But I think it's I, I might be using this wrong, word wrong, but it's what's the word? Re, re, something Tory. What's the word? Or something Tory, derogatory. Derogatory. There we go. I think it's a derogatory term. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's, and it's all for profit. I, I really do think so. I think um, it's just as much as treating sex as taboo, in in like in USA. I think when we when we use words like slut and whatever, we're we're just making it more outlandish than it really is. If that makes any sense, you know. It's like the red light district in Amsterdam, and why it's not here. I I mean I don't know I I, I you know? again like I like I said some some women kind of take pride in being called sluts because they because some women just don't care that deeply I I almost yeah. I almost see it as kind of like the n word or whatever mm-hmm. where it's kind of <laughs> it's crazy like, you know whatever but you, like <laughs> whoa <laughs> like long 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 uh-huh. grass but you you yeah. know what I'm getting at of just uh-huh. kind of like you know it's sort of an accepted term mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like. As as long as you're of that community, you yeah. can say it. Or I don't. Know. I, I think you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> My opinion. I think that whole debate so then is say weird. the n word. I'll say it right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's like I don't give a fuck what I say, you know. But obviously, people are gonna get tight as fuck. Obviously, we could get taken down for saying those words. Uh, a black person can say that word on YouTube, and the um, video gets demonetized. Is that okay? Really? Yeah. Black people can't say that word on on YouTube and stuff, and you can't say it in general. So that's why it's interesting. And and when you said women don't care to be called sluts you get me it's like you embrace it right because then like if people have been using it against you the whole time i mean that's why i understand why people use it easy e has a perfect interview as to when white people say the n-word and when and black people say the n-word when he has a perfect way of saying it, he's like because when white people use it they use, use it to suppress us as a community easy is part of the nwa mm. the rap group and he says but when black people use it we use it to empower uplift each other and this and that for me, it's the whole America thing, freedom of speech. Like you can say whatever you want, and I'll be wise with what you say. I just I wouldn't I don't use that word because I think it just refers to what we've used to, you know, suppress black people in general. And to continue using it is just and that's my my opinion. But I'm at liberty to say what I want. But when when you like with women, it's just like it's one thing to not care about being called a slut, but it's one thing to label active um sexual like people who are sexually active as like one as an outlier to another. You know? I just think that it's human to have sex. It's human to have sex and people just find it odd if you have a lot of it. So therefore you're a slut. Yeah, you know? I mean I, I just don't I just don't think there has to be a negative connotation to the word slut. No, I, there I, isn't. I, I think there could be a, yeah. a neutral or good connotation but to it. That's what I'm I for me, I don't even find the negative. I just find it like exotic. Like it's exotic to be a slut in the USA. And in, in my opinion, it should just be like why is it should just be normal. It should just be called a person having sex. Despite how, and it goes back to like what I'm saying. Like, uh, well, one thing I want to bring up is we had a poll on the last supplementary, and a lot of people voted like to shut down Pornhub in general, but because it had to do with like aiding trafficking stuff. But a lot of adult and like people will say because they encourage sex workers a lot, um, is that that would that would like abolish their whole income. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of sex workers make money off things like Pornhub or like all these other sites and stuff, right? So, what way are you benefiting? community if you're shutting down their place to work that's just kind of my like i just because we never get to talk about sex like in this sense because this is a big open panel for sex and stuff like that so it's kind of cool i don't know what you think like i mean i i i think i think we kind of talked about it when uh, when we were on that episode of just yeah. kind of 
I don't think that shutting Pornhub is the answer. Shutting yeah. down Pornhub is the answer, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's just a, a sticky situation, pun intended. <laughs> and I guess we just went down the b hole, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> It's funny, man. Sex is funny, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, no. Nah, let, let's get back on track. Yeah, yeah, my bad. I just, I love, I love conversations like this because they're so rare because people are so uncomfortable to have them. You know. But uh, but I will, I, I will also ask, mm. what time is it? Three o seven. Okay. Nice. So we get to the strike three when Susie asks um, her mother about some sex questions, and her mother's like, "You're a whore now because you want to have sex." Yeah, and then that's when we have the scene that we mentioned before mm-hmm. of like the oxygen mask and stuff, and she's screaming at her yeah. in the quiet and, and whatnot. And then CZ decides that she's going to start documenting all this and oh, yeah. trying to figure it out. Also, um, I feel like it showed it before, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't find it right now. But at least on this page, on 27, there's a picture of Sexual Gary. Oh, yeah. S- uh, Sexual Gary is a one shot comic that they released like uh, uh, maybe one volume before the last volume mm. and they they said that there was an issue that they wanted to release since they made this comic so rereading this i was like oh shit yeah this shit's been here since the beginning sexual gary so before this was released they had sexual gary written and thing oh what do you mean uh so i they had this idea they wanted to write this issue about oh, sexual okay. gary and All they right. just never did it up until like the uh, before the final volume. Oh, so it's on later on and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. So fun. it's just seeing it here in the first volume. It's like, oh wow, they really were like talking about this or wanted to do this for a while. And what? How long is this book, like volume wise? Uh, well, it's just a, a one shot issue. No, I'm saying like how many uh how many volumes does Sex Criminals have? Oh, um, like five or six. I don't know how many volumes it has. Six to I, nine. Uh, <laughs> they do name the last issue issue sixty nine, oh, even though it's not the sixty ninth issue. That's funny. I think it ends out on like issue like twenty twenty five, oh, so twenty six, something like that. Yeah, it's got like maybe three or four volumes, I guess, maybe something like that. Gotcha. But um, yeah. Uh, it they I feel like the the story really expands past the first volume but mm-hmm. i think the first volume does a really good job of introducing everything yeah but uh so she wants to document all her experiences sexual and experiencing the quiet which makes time stop yep and uh she we cut back uh well th- this is where we uh, we find her love for her books in the yeah. library and stuff because she goes to the library to try and get uh information and whatnot mm-hmm. and then we cut back to the present and uh she's at the party the and, librarian um, re- recommends to use the dewey decimal system right like she's right here and she's like, how can I or- organize? Um, how can I say it? like this and that? And she says the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. She says mm-hmm. taxonomy. You need taxonomy. a taxonomy, like the Dewey Decimal System. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just dope. I haven't heard that in a while. But <laughs> really, if you want to organize some shit, I'm disorganized as fuck. But by, by Dewey Decimal, my shit. <laughs> <laughs> so she has the party. And it cuts to the party again. And uh, she's talking to some dude and... Um, She's uh she mentions a book about her favorite book and John comes in and starts quoting that book mm-hmm. and then we have this really nice uh spread or uh splash I mean of um and we have like almost like a little like twinkle effect yeah where she uh, like lift like he lifts her off her feet almost yeah on the top left corner I I really like this part because to me this part is kind of romantic like this, yeah. this issue this uh this book kind of like lacks romanticism but not in a bad way kind of in a way where it's like not cliche. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you threw me off my feet, and we're gonna go watch the sunset. Like now they're just gonna fuck. Yeah. 
But then right before they, you know, start fucking like crazy because they do, he kind of like does lift her off her feet, but verbally. Like he kind of just keeps talking about, he keeps, uh, like what is it like referring to phrases in the book of Lolita yeah he's like quoting the whole thing yeah. pretty much and she's just following him and and she you know she's just looking up at him lifting up her feet and just paying attention and she's almost like mesmerized by somebody because she was with, there with somebody else originally right mm. and then when he found out uh, and I love the dialogue the dialogue between both of them is is really really funny like uh, there's one where um she asks is like well what are you what are you and he's like, I'm a secretary. And she's like, you sound very secure in your masculinity. Most guys would say, would say personal assistant. She's like, right, right. He's like, yeah, I'm a secretary. Yeah. And I like stuff like that, man, because it defies the cliche. And like a lot of men really act like they have to be like, yeah, bro. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm fucking tough. And it's like, yo, you're a human being. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, as we definitely see a, a little later, but John is totally like open of his sexuality yeah oh <laughs> so. definitely that. <laughs> definitely but uh yeah they just these two start hitting it off and mm. you see not only in conversation that they're hitting it off but visually you see the rest of the room just start to vanish oh just start wow. to disappear and it's like only they that are there until it's just them on the couch making out and mm -hmm. stuff and uh the cat uh cuts to Susie's captions in her monologue just talking about the other guys that she slept with and stuff. And this is Polaroids and it includes a bunch of guys and one girl. And this yeah. is a Polaroid of uh, her past sexual experiences. And the last frame is uh her doing that like hand frame thing. Uh-huh. And John's in the middle. That's pretty clever. Yeah. That's dumb because she hasn't slept with him yet. Yep. And all these people in the Polaroids are people she slept with. That's clever as fuck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But yeah, they fucking get to it. They start fucking clap cheeks. They they clap uh, super cheeks, <laughs> and before you know it, they're both in the quiet. Which is the page is illuminated, beautiful. Everything looks crazy, and they they're just kind of like, "Ooh, wow!" And like she she says, "Boy, that felt nice," and mm -hmm. he just goes, mm. "And they she kind of freaks out, and they both freak out, and they're like, yeah. "How are you here?" Yeah. And that's how you find out that the both of them uh, have the same ability to yep. enter the quiet when they orgasm. And even like in the page right here, like she's covering her body with a sheet, but his dick is glowing. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's no censorship there. It's just his dick. And um, that's the one thing I could respect about this book. Not censored at all. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. And uh, they, they're just kind of stunned and it kind of cuts uh, further mm -hmm. to them having sex from what we saw in the beginning in the bathroom. And they're like, all right, we got this. And it's all just stick to the plan. And they go out of the bathroom with guns. And, and then they're like, what's happening? And yeah. that's that's the first issue. I think the first issue does a great job of introducing yeah. everything. It really brings enough curiosity to you and just really sets a, sets a table yeah. uh, for everything that, that's to come. It's a smooth transition into everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I feel like... Uh, the the following issues um aren't super uh, eventful towards like the bank heist because mm -hmm. we we more we learn more about the bank heist in the later issues mm -hmm. but what what we do see from this point on is more the relationship between john and susie yeah because uh in, in the second issue um we kind of see like the bank heist going on again and uh uh there, there's this line that gets repeated a lot this guy this fucking guy oh yeah and that's susie saying that right yeah uh -huh. um but we see that that they're gonna uh, uh, about to rob the bank, but these people are outside and they're they're like we're coming in. <laughs> these people are the, oh they get into it later, but they are the sex time police. Yes, very funny. And it cuts back to John and Susie, uh, and John is explaining to Susie how he found out that he quiet. can do this, and he calls it come world. 
And uh, oh, so she called it the quiet, and he calls it come world. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> All because of that sex store that was called yeah. come world and original. <laughs> but, I like um, how they have uh, they're looking for porn in a public library, and it says uh, instead ask of ask Jeeves. <laughs> instead of ask Jeeves, ask Jeeves, and as Jeeves turned around with his cheeks showing, <laughs> and he types in boners with boobs. And uh, the next page, he the spells next boners, B O N O R. And the next frame is the computer all in red, and it's like Shane blocked. <laughs> Real to uh, it's good. The mic is good. Yeah. Okay, to like you know the taboo that surrounds you know sex and everything, but not that she let people she let people in the fucking library search up that because I seen that shit when I was working at Starbucks and flushing. Some guy was just watching porn. <laughs> I was like, hey man. I don't I also like this poster that's on this page mm-hmm. uh, in the back where it says, Chad Billnuts loves reading. <laughs> it says, quote, the judge said I had to do community service and this counts, apparently. Oh, <laughs> the guy just kind of looks like a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, we we cut to the same Halloween night that yeah. uh, where we saw Susie uh, trick-or-treating. Mm. And... Uh, just as we were flipping through the pages right now, I noticed in the first issue mm-hmm. when we see uh, the panel of Susie walking home, mm-hmm. we see oh, John and her friends pass by, right? Yeah. Oh, she's wearing a green shit, whatever. Yeah. So they. So even in the first issue, they hinted at it, which is just extremely, extremely well done. Yeah. I think it's just. And I imagine they're from a small town that like they can pass each other like that, you know? Yeah. It, it really <clears throat> just sort of sets that environment, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, we see that they sort of cross paths yeah. uh, for a small moment as their kids. Um, and John and his friends go to the woods and they get jumped by a bunch of bullies. Yeah. And uh, John does everything he can to protect this uh, picture that he finds. There's a uh, picture of a naked lady under a rock. And he's like, hey, I may get hit by eggs the whole time, but I'm not losing this fucking thing. <laughs> it's so weird because when they're throwing eggs at him, they ask him, like, hey, man, what's your problem? And like the bully has no real dialogue. He says, "Eggs is my problem." <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he repeats that like twice. I think so. <laughs> it's so dumb. But uh, no. he gets home, and uh, he fucking decides that he he's gonna try and jerk off. Yeah. To that picture, and he succeeds in doing so, mm-hmm. and he enters cum world. Yeah. And his jizz is like frozen in the air and stuff, which is fucking funny. I um I really enjoyed this uh this dialogue. He says, uh, I was late compared to my pal- pals. I was in my own little bubble. I felt like I was on fire all the time. I knew what sex was. I, I knew what masturbation and orgasms were and that sex or masturbation made orgasms. And then <laughs> he says, but I'd somehow missed that it was the orgasm part that felt good. I think I thought sex was something like taxes, <laughs> a thing that grownups did. I just figured, I haven't figured out why I want to do my taxes so goddamn bad. <laughs> and he says, uh, maybe because we called uh, guys we didn't like jerk offs. I didn't do it. I didn't realize. It was like I had eggs, milk, sugar, butter, flour, but I had no idea how to turn it on to a cake. <laughs> and I I just really enjoy that dialogue, especially the part where he's like, I just didn't know why I wanted to do my taxes so bad. <laughs> you know? It's clever. Yeah, it's man. Fucking clever. I fucking loved it, man. That, that, that to me is just so, so silly and funny, but again, clever and well-written. Yeah. I mean, even as he enters like home world, uh, he says like, it sounds so stupid to say it out loud. I didn't know that it would feel so good. Mm-hmm. I thought people had sex because they had sex and mm-hmm. not, not because it felt good somehow. I thought maybe it was the having had sex that people liked. I didn't know it was a physical act of the stuff blasting out of you. That was kind of the point. Most of all, I didn't know people wanted to have sex because it meant you got to stop thinking about having sex for a few minutes and that time would stop. 
and my dick would start glowing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, okay, <laughs> that's all you, John. <laughs> but it's uh, and it's so clever, man. I I I wonder. I don't know. Of course, you can't read it. Uh, show a little kid this book. Technically, I wouldn't either. That's creepy. But I wonder how a little like a young person, you know, how they pick up a Playboy or some shit when they're younger. Not that they do that anymore. But if they read this book, I wonder how they, it would trigger their mind to thinking about sex. And yeah, stuff. Like that would be interesting. You know, but we can't do that. We won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> shit sounds illegal as fuck. <laughs> sounds like praying in front of a bunch of kids at a football game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all we need to do is just put the book in front of a bunch of kids. Yeah, and, and we, we we just said we didn't do anything. Yeah, all we wanted to do was respect sex in our own time. You know, that's all. They like, picked it up. They yeah, read man. it. We didn't tell them to do it. So I'm saying, bro, can't it's, get a Supreme Court. It's like wearing a sex or jerking off in your bedroom in private you know <laughs> same thing we're one step ahead of you we're two jerks ahead of you oh yeah uh, wait giggity, giggity. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yeah man anyway they uh they so they continue to have sex and stuff and they're in the quiet and they show uh susie's cheeks <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's pretty dope. Uh, what's happening here now? Let's say uh, they uh, John kind of gets uh, stuck as uh, I guess uh, mm. he gets get out of the cum world, and yeah. um, Susie gets a little upset about that. Um, and mm. but she's able to get out of it, and from there, um, they just say like, "Let's have sex again." Yeah. <laughs> and then they talk about uh, John's origin again, stuff about mm. going to cum world and stuff. He finally goes upon the store. And so he jerks off in the bank yeah. um, and uh, across the street and goes into cum world and just starts taking everything he can. Yeah, man. Just so he could jerk off. Um, <laughs> the VCRs and DVD players didn't work there. Oh. Just, I, I thought that was a nice, like sort of lore detail. Mm-hmm. And um, all, there's a bunch of sex toys everywhere. There's a butt hanging from the oh edge yeah. of the Oh, yeah. Like, this store has, like, everything. It, <laughs> there's a, a new pussy sleeping bag yeah. that, that literally looks like a fucking pussy with hair on, on, on the top of it and stuff. 69% off all titles. 90% off all titles with the word love in them. <laughs> you got... You got uh, <laughs> Sexy magic kit with a butt plug gone bad. <laughs> but butt plug gone bad. But I'm gonna read. Oh, what is it right here? You have half a tit. <laughs> I like how the security notice says activities on premises are recorded by video cameras, and you will be jerked off to. <laughs> <laughs> Cock garden hose, <laughs> and it just looks like a dick at the end of it. Sex bowl. Fuck yourself with an elbow. <laughs> I mean, just just fucking funny shit, bro. And then he's picking up the VHS. This one, this one says, uh, this one, the DVD says, barely illegal. These ladies are this close to getting <laughs> yeah. American censorship. That's fucking funny. And as a quote, I just want a good life for my family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And they have a lot of spoof uh, movie titles. And I just seen this one. It says back to the pooper. But my favorite one, you know, my favorite one was. What? Instead of Kill Bill, it was Phil Bill. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that one. It's, I, it's so related. It's so. You, do you remember the movie Moon? Moon? No, I don't think so. They <laughs> they have uh, they recreate the poster and yeah. just call it Poon. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just so fucking funny, man. man. And it's all during the quiet. So all these funny things you're seeing, illuminated by beautiful like waves of light that are shining, making it seem much more magical, you know, and this and that. And it's, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, but John talks about how the porn quickly, very quickly wasn't enough for him. Yeah. And he, what he really was getting a kick out of while he was in Come World was getting away with shit. Yeah. So he started thrashing places and things like that and just started doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, and on the back of the book, it says, what is it? Uh, Susie has a gift. John has a problem. I think yeah. that's what it is. And then we got to get into Tennessee. Like, well, yeah, we see what's I, happening. By here. the end of the book, you, it definitely goes into more of John's problems for mm-hmm. sure, which is which is really interesting. Yeah. But uh, it we we see John get introduced to Rachel. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm John. Great party last night. And she's just like, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just a funny little interaction between them, but we get to see John's origin more yeah. and, uh, how he falls in love with this one girl, Miss Jasmine Saint, Saint Cocaine, a porn star. And she was the one from the, from the thing, you know, from the picture. Uh-huh. So from the picture he found when he was younger that he first jerked off to, then he finds the porn that she stars in. And I'll just spoil something. Uh, how dare you? Her character comes into play I in, in later <laughs> volumes. How dare you, Javi? <laughs> never reading this, I'm not fucking reading volume two no more. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's all. I was. I figured like she's gonna come in later. She's gonna listen that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and he he has this moment where he gets out of Come World as yeah. he's standing in the fucking shop, and they have this fun little page where you see him just run about the sword trying to get out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the caption says, cue the Benny Hill music. <laughs> is that the Benny music? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I-, I love this one sign that says, sale, two for one testicle shaped dildos. <laughs> just ridiculous, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, why not? <laughs> like, the one place we can, we will. <laughs> but I-, I also love the interaction between John and Susie where um, mm-hmm. uh, she says, ew, and he says, what? She mm-hmm. goes, you call it? Come world. <laughs> well, we goes, all can't be fucking poets now, can we? <laughs> <laughs> Silly, bro. She just says, like, ah, come world. Blah. And he says, oh, come on, I was 15. And he's like, I'm doing the best that I can. And it repeats again, this guy, this fucking guy. And it it's just the two of them just falling in love mm-hmm. and just talking about, like, how they ended up where they are now yeah. at this moment. It's funny how, like, with the this fucking guy, you can also read it as, like, this fucking guy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. But apparently they get into a conversation saying basically how uh, she resembles the porn star he's, like, he really enjoys, like, just a little bit. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there there is that funny moment when they're looking at the picture of her on the laptop. Yeah. And she starts talking from the laptop. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so th- this is, like, an... Like, <laughs> they're saying she has to come from like a shattered family or something like that or she's been molested yeah it's like it doesn't say which of her uncles touch her but it's Wikipedia they have pretty yeah. high verification standards mm-hmm. <laughs> and um like from the from the laptop Jasmine St. Cocaine starts talking she the says, photo of her she says hey I'm a real person you know <laughs> and just because I'm a sex worker you don't gotta shame me or insult me or insist I come from a background of molestation and abuse and even if I did she just, just closes <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So it's like the fifth wall very broken. You know what I mean? Because at first Susie's talking, now some random like linked photo is talking from the computer. And it's definitely like a nice little jab. Just yeah. like, uh, like stop shitting on sex workers. Yeah. You know? Even on the power do. <laughs> <laughs> stop shitting on sex workers. <laughs> Shit on yeah. sex workers. Uh, well, you know what Dirty uh, Sanchez is? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been Hitler? <laughs> 
Have you ever simbered? <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's what sex does to you. Hey, man. Hey, man, what's on your mind? <laughs> Phil. Hey, <laughs> 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 That just shit is so funny to me. Um, anyway, so they what is it? We move on the sex time police. Um, oh no no, oh yeah yeah. So yeah, we cut ahead yeah. to the bank heist, and they finally get the vault open. And I like that because it goes from story to in real time they're going through this bank robbery. Mm-hmm. But at first it was like just tracing back origin this and that. But now like this whole time a bank robbery is happening while they're in the quiet. But they get stopped by again the sex time police. Yeah, and that's when we get to issue three, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when the sex police get in, and uh, we, th- and then it just cuts back to the past, mm-hmm. um, and it shows uh, talking talking about John's uh, first girl, mm-hmm. and um, I I like what Susie says. So the girl who punched John's V card was a stage combat <laughs> major named Kara with a C, rhyming with air and not R, <laughs> and it's just so dumb. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the they it just shows like John's like first time and how like it didn't work out for him. He didn't yeah. come on the first time, and that he apparently didn't come on the second time until but the third th- time, right? Until the third time, uh, <laughs> I shot so hard I blacked out for a second. Because <laughs> yeah. she was like, "How when? Uh, how about your third time?" She's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely that time." <laughs> <laughs> but uh then it just kind of goes like i guess through john's body count <laughs> like just, and, and just like Susie, there's a guy there amongst all the other girls yeah and Susie's mm-hmm. like whoa guy <laughs> named george yeah man and he's just like hey i didn't know like you know just <laughs> trying it out whatever these horny fucks <laughs> <laughs> but yeah bro again the sexuality this is the whole book <laughs> this oh, is yeah. the whole fucking book mm-hmm. and uh it just they have this moment of like, does it, should he go home or not? Yeah. And sh- or should he stay another night? And it's like, it's been like 55 hours. This is like the best, like first date and whatever. And then he says this, he's like, I'm afraid to go home. Right. Because if I go home, if I, he, he said, Susie, I'm worried if that, if I go home, if I don't go home, if I don't go home tonight, I'm never, ever going to home again. And that's like a little like, oh, you know, like a little like, again, cool shit that I like. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, it. So we see like their next day go on, and John works at the bank. He hates his job and shit. Clearly, he, he goes to the bathroom, wanks, wanks out, and fucking takes a shit in his boss's plant. And they do it so cleverly with the old guy passing him as he's going to the bathroom. Yeah, I I love how you could like because because with the with the panel work, because yeah. Chip Zartsky does such a great job Hell with the yeah. panel work. I think where you can tell like the time passing where it's just from here to here. <laughs> he jerked off. Like it took it took yeah. him that long to climax. <laughs> and it, the funny thing is that when, when I was reading this, I I wasn't grasping the whole time stopping thing because I was reading my first read. So I'm like, what's happened? So I read summaries after and I put everything together. Mm-hmm. So I understood it much more. But I'm like, damn, bro, this guy jerked up fucking dumb fast. Yeah, man, fucking. <laughs> he, did. he was ready, man. <laughs> Splooge o'clock. And then you see, while time is stopped, he steps out and he does. What does he do? He takes a shit in his boss's plant. Yep. He says, fuck you and fuck this bank, sir. Yeah, okay. Man. And uh, cuts to Susie and she's just like waiting on, on his text mm. and she goes to bed and she's just like, this is the worst. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. And he finally texts and they start texting back and forth. Mm. And um, she they, they just start talking about how much they miss each other and, and whatnot and how yeah. excited they are to see each other again. And so they do. And they go to Cumworld together. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I love this little sign it, while, while they're in Come World, where mm-hmm. one of them says Medium Core and the other sign says Obama Core, <laughs> medical <laughs> slash socialist theme. <laughs> Uh, politics that's fucking funny <laughs> but uh, there's another thing here that says electric tickle feathers shack i like i like how right i just seen this the staircase upstairs and it says come c-o-m upstairs yeah get it <laughs> i think it i think it just says that get it and something else at the bottom i can't see yeah it says get it jizz <laughs> And this fucking dude is just like walking out like the all most sus, sus and whatever. The trench coat and everything. <laughs> but yeah, they fucking decide they're going to watch some porn. and they, Oh, and fucking the video shop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do. And uh, they while they're in the store, they just start messing around and just start uh, having fun and shit. Fucking everything up. And uh, I and then it gets to one of my favorite scenes yes, in, the, yes. in the whole book where um, they're playing pool. And Susie's like jam comes on, and it's what's the jam again? It's Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Can can we read this? Can we read all the yellow? Like yeah, let's go, let's yeah. go one by one. So, but to say it, they're they're in the pool place, and her song goes on, and then basically, the dialogue goes away, and now we're hearing straight from the author. Yeah, and uh, it all the captions are on top of the speech bubbles, so you can't see what she's singing. But the whole theme of every little panel is her singing her ass off to John in the pool hall. But we're hearing for the Austin, and it's a whole little scene where like the lights and everything, mm-hmm. and the caption goes. So here, Susie starts singing "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen. Legally, though, that was an issue. We tried to get the rights to use the lyrics for the original comic, but just couldn't get it. Uh, but just, eh, but just couldn't get it worked out in time. It, it it was okay though. We did this gag with the little post-it notes, and the scene still played okay. But for the collection, we wanted to try again to get the lyrics because hey, "Fat Bottom Girls" is kind of the greatest song of all time, right? That was rhetorical. You don't need to answer. We couldn't hear you anyway. This is a book, and you are a person. That's not how it works. <laughs> And Susie starts wearing the Freddie Mercury jacket mm-hmm. in this panel. And then we have a little moment with John mm-hmm. where it says, in case you were wondering, babe, Fat Bottom Girls is when I knew I loved you. Oh, nice. And the captions continue uh, w- with uh, Matt anyway. Fraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the day we uploaded the book, we heard again there might be a chance. So we tried. But if you're reading this, we clearly either couldn't afford the lyric usage or they weren't made available to us or, the, or their lawyers just couldn't move fast enough. We've almost harassed poor Brian May at this point. Anyway, so Freddie Mercury, huh? <laughs> Best pipes ever. It would have been fun. Oh, well. I always wanted to shoot a real musical number back when I made videos and stuff. Those captions were the same in the comic. They're still true, but you know, I feel bad for recycling them. Only a little, I mean. I'm not losing sleep about it. This is the third page we're I going just don't on want to. you to feel ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they make musicals anymore? I bet the answer is lawyers. <laughs> And it's that so clever. Like, that's such a clever way to... Ah, really, my hat's off. And it was one of them. I, I don't know which one of them, but they had Prince's phone number. Like, you know, you know, my Prince... Oh. Yeah, like, in the back of the book and stuff when I was reading a bit about them, that one of them uh, had Prince's phone number. I didn't even... I, I didn't know that. That's amazing, bro. <laughs> so you can tell, like, how musically inclined they are also to really appreciate the arts. And rest in peace, Prince. And rest in peace, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, man. Yeah, it's just such a fun little scene and yeah. everything. And uh, like John's just like, wow. And she goes, I know, right? 
Freddie fucking Mercury. <laughs> and she's like, so here's an idea. Uh, oh no, is it butt stuff? That's the next page. <laughs> oh yeah, she, she, gets, she gets like obsessive butt stuff. Like you trying to have uh, try butt stuff? <laughs> she just keeps bringing it up. It's like, like we're gonna do some butt stuff. <laughs> but this they, this is where the book takes a turn more into like the main plot mm-hmm. of uh, robbing banks because this is when John uh, kind of asks her like, haven't you ever thought about using uh, this power go. for something else and whatever? And um, he brings it up and it's like. I mean, we could rob a bank. Yeah. We could get that money for the library uh, from robbing banks. Mm-hmm. And she's super sussed out by it. And the page ends with like the panels just showing their eyes. Yeah. Because I, you could tell there's a lot of focus on that. A lot of skepticism in her face and now a lot of like, let's do it in his face. Mm-hmm. I, and the one thing I really like about this um, book's takes on the bank is that it goes much more into it later. But even in this panel. He says, but the bank, but we just take what you need from the bank and then your library. You just give it right back. You guys are paid off. And we we just pretty much committed a victimless crime. Pretty sure the bank is the victim in this scenario. Susie responds. And then how can I say then he says this constantly like this time he says he says, fuck the bank. This isn't even a drop in their bucket. They spend the library's mortgage on every month on cookies in the lobbies. People don't eat. And then they're saying uh, she's like, how do we rob the bank? And he's like in the quiet. And then, like, even though you saw how I posted uh, later on in the book, Susie uh, says, like, the banks will eventually take everything in this life or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, uh, just in time. And the one last thing I'll say about it is that, um, I mean, I don't know. I just think the whole point of paying the bank back with what they were, you know. Uh, what it's they, like a Robin Hood type thing. Pretty much. And obviously he's in the wrong, you know, this and that. But I really, I, I love uh, speaking about money and, like, the like, banks and this and that. Oh, and how say, like. When the world's going at its worst, the banks is what profits the most. Yeah, they had something like that where, like, even in a recession, banks are fine. Yeah, or they're thriving even type shit. Because they're the ones telling people to shut down and whatever. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. But then, then it finishes off with the sex police. Am I mistaken? Or yeah, no? we we cut back to the bank heist, mm-hmm. and um, uh, fucking John gets whacked with a dildo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fucking th- this bitch tells him, you two are in my world now mm-hmm. and my world hurts. And they're all in the quiet during. And uh, that's issue three. And then we go on to issue four, sex police. And yeah, you know, now we're continuing. Yeah. And just <laughs> we're on to issue four. Still July 4th. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all. Not our clothes. Not the day. Um, not not our spirit. Nothing. Nothing. We're still patriotic than more patriotic than ever. We're still patriotic and horny. And mega. <laughs> yes. That, the Holy Trinity. That's why you got the R hat for <laughs> oh, yeah. really MAGA. <laughs> and starring horniness. <laughs> yes. For those who don't know, I have a rock star hat on. I always have the hat on. And yeah. <laughs> don't question it. <laughs> don't question it, man. <laughs> anyway, so we are we're on chapter four or oh, issue four. Yes. Sex police. And uh opens up again with uh the present day uh heist mm-hmm. and these guys after getting smacked in the face of a dildo are uh confronted with the sex police mm-hmm. and um there's this funny little moment like immediately where uh John's like, you hit me again, I'll break your fucking jaw. And the guy gets a little freaked out. He's like, um, yeah. he's like, nah, man, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but don't hit me again. <laughs> and it's just like, e- even in moments like that, you can still be so lighthearted. Yeah, man. But um, uh, pretty much this lady tells him like that some order needs to be set for the two of them and uh, that she thinks are very clever, but it's about time that they finish up what they're doing. And these terms. aren't like uh, like truly authoritative 
like sex police. They have no position. To, they're kind of like vigilantes almost, right? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it, and we'll see in, in, in a bit, but, like, they're a collection, like a collective yeah. almost. Hell yeah. But, um, yeah, fucking uh, uh, Susie tries to go for the dildo, um, but then actually grabs a guy's wallet <laughs> and finds out that the dude is a bus driver. And then that's how they find out that, like, these guys aren't real cops or anything like that. They're just ordinary people, I mean. Yeah. And so then we cut back uh, to the going on, going ons of John and Susie and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and they're just talking about the library, trying to keep it open. Yep. And uh, they started uh, then they this is when they actually start uh, using the quiet and come world to yeah. mess around a little bit and stuff. Kind of explore it, kind of see what they can do what together. Can, yeah, what they can get away with mm-hmm. and whatever. So um, they go into the porn shop, and uh, uh, it, before they even do that, uh-huh. they they have that funny moment of like John's like, you know, I've never had sex outside <laughs> except for like peeing in the woods when I was a kid. I don't even know if the sun's ever hit my junk. <laughs> and Susie's just like, I have. It's nice on a nice day. It's nice. <laughs> and she goes, when it's not nice, there can be bugs. John goes, ew. She says, yeah. <laughs> And John uh, pauses. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how we get started. Do we just get started? And Susie just looks at him and just goes down <laughs> on him. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a story, bro. Out of all my uh, sexual endeavors, right? There was one uh, where, you know, because I, I think maybe a couple times I have sex outside, you know, like three, I guess. Okay. But there was one time, it was my most recent time, uh, a while back. But like I was just so nervous because it was in, usually, you know, you do that stuff where you know you're in private and everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I was, I was so nervous because it was in like somebody's front yard under a big tree where it was so shadowy, right? <laughs> so that, without getting too explicit and obviously no details, I just kind of like we did we you know making out blah blah, blah just zzz, whatever. <laughs> when it once got out, I was like, let's get out. Of here. <laughs> I was like, we officially did it, <laughs> but let's get the fuck out of here because all I was worried about was some like especially we were mass with Queens with a lot of white people, so I thought some white guy was gonna come out like, who the fuck is it? My even though it's New York City, you can't do that. I was so worried, bro. <laughs> so. so <laughs> That's it, it was like quickie in the most literal sense. <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny. Just had to share, oh, man. man. I just I seen this and I was like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, but, but have you had car sex before? Yeah, man. That shit is tight squeeze. I'm a big motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable no matter what. Yeah, you can't unless you have the you know if if you have a van and you empty out the whole space and you make the bed like those yeah. people have it right. But you you exchange one thing like you know comfortable sex for another thing, looking mm-hmm. like a pedophile. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Can't intertwine those two things, man. <laughs> unless your unless your van sits on the side, not a pedophile. <laughs> it, you should just uh, uh like draw like Josh Duggar on the side of the van or something. Larry Nassar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, yeah, if you if you had a car sex, all power to you. <laughs> you know. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they go into fucking cum world, like mm-hmm. you said, and uh, they just start wrecking shop. They just make a whole fucking mess and have a whole lot of fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they start moving things around and they get away with it. And again, Susie comes up with the thing where there's a pause and they're in the car and then she just goes, so you want to try some butt stuff? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and the way John like looks at her too, he's just like, yo, man, what is up with this yeah, girl? Yeah, like, hey, when are you going to quit it? But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then they start planning out like the bank heist and stuff mm-hmm. by this point. And Rachel, uh, Susie's uh, roommate, mm-hmm. starts getting a little suspicious and stuff and starts getting a little nervous about what they're doing. Yeah. And then this is when we cut to uh, the leader of the sex police. They call her Vengelwood, right? Vengel or something like that? Kegelface. Kegelface. I don't know why I said Vengelwood. <laughs> Kegelface. There we go. Um, mm. But also, it's just so funny on this page on 87 where mm. uh, she's dressed as like the Hamburglar from oh, McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Is that just there just because? It's just like a little I thing? I honestly think so. I can't mm. think of any other reason why <laughs> it would be there. So I think it's just random as fuck, but okay. <laughs> Fuck it, but Kigo Face is part of the sex police who earlier, like when they cut back to the heist, she's like the leader of the sex police, right? Mm-hmm. And but it turns out in her regular life, she's just a you know, a soccer mom with her like, husband and kids, and she's kind of just doing this on her own will to make sure, you know, what we find out later in the issues that people who have the ability of the quiet and calm world don't take advantage of it, right? Ultimately, yeah, and uh. They they say um like there are secret paramilitary sex army keeping the world safe from deviants like us. A massive interconnected network of time freezing sex police out to destroy people like us with uniforms and code names and stuff. And she's like their Bruce Willis. <laughs> so she she shows up to come world and she sees that there was a mess and stuff and mm-hmm. uh that's when she starts getting suspicious of him and she's like meet me at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was so random, but okay. <laughs> but um, then it just cuts to John and Susie texting a bit and stuff. You see John taking a shit in his boss's plan Once again. Once again. And uh, mm-hmm. by the time that... Um, oh wait, what, what's going on here? Oh, Susie uh, decides that she's going to do some stuff on her own, right? So they basically both have their own time in the quiet. And I kind of like this because John, it kind of displays what's happening with the story right because john's using his quiet to like yeah i i, I read the second one so i kind of want to connect to that one a bit but mm-hmm. a little bit I'll, I'll just go into the second volume right uh it well when he uh he has the opportunity when he's in middle school or school and he he's obsessed with this one girl who he finds sexually attractive and at one point he like the thought creeps into his mind where he wants to like touch her when he's in the come world time yeah and then he was like the dirtiness of this thought is so disgusting and it's not who I am. So he was unable to fulfill that. But it seems that even as he's older, coming back to volume one, that all his, all, all he's doing during his time of freezing time is like things that are bad, like, like robbing the bank, pooping in the boss's plan, kind of like revenge things that don't go too far and justify it through like getting revenge on his boss and saving the library. But then yeah. we see here with Susie, she's genuinely just trying to, like, you know, see the world differently, um, like petting the tiger right here. You know, some cool shit, like some regular stuff to do. And it, it all goes back to the back of the issue where it says Susie has a secret and John has a problem. And it just becomes more evident and evident, man. And it's almost kind of getting creepy, right? Yeah. And and uh, definitely as you see more in the second volume, like yeah. John's problems become more... Uh, Clear and worse. Yeah. But um, the way I think everything's gonna end, don't hint at it. I think they're all gonna have a big orgy. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, my prediction. <laughs> some uh, some uh, what do you, uh, what was that fucking movie? Um, uh, sausage uh, fest sausage, party. Sausage something? party. There we go. Seth Rogen. Shout out to Seth Rogen. I've seen it in the theater. <laughs> fucking weird ass movie. I like how the what was it? 
it was the the Jewish people and the fucking Palestine uh-huh. <laughs> and what was it like a falafel like a falafel and, and something uh, else. bagel <laughs> <laughs> that shit was mad funny bro <laughs> pretty much that though all right and um but uh we we do see the one time that Susie does use a quiet to sort of do something uh vengeful yeah um yeah. is uh she uh uses it to. Uh, attack not attack this guy but set up this guy who basically raped rachel yeah. back in college yeah um what she does is that she puts a bunch of weed in his bag um and lights it on fire mm-hmm. and uh she gets high herself while she's in the quiet which apparently is really weird okay yeah. which is funny <laughs> um but uh she falls asleep in the quiet and by the time she wakes up like She's out of the quiet and the yeah. bag is on fire with all the weed and stuff. And so and he's to blame. He's to blame. He gets out. And, but I, I like the little thing here where, where a mad fraction just throws this in at the end. I Googled him last year. He's got a boat and does some sort of competitive fishing bullshit. Yeah. So it even still like it talks yeah. to like these little things of like people get away with shit like this no yeah. matter what. You remember that, that kid, that guy? I'm actually looking at his name so people can know who he is. But he only got like six months or like barely any like any real time and he raped a, a woman behind a dumpster you remember oh, that man, no i mean let me i'm gonna show you that real quick because it's very when i read that um it was just very reminiscent of that story because it's sad and then the thing is that it was like a white kid um brock turner brock turner so he so um he sexually assaulted a woman and he went to stanford and I, I can look at the details. I mean, we could talk about it later and also, but he barely got any time for doing that. And I mean, it just happened to be he, he was a white kid. And, and in the comic book here, you know, this guy's a white kid who raped rage. And even regardless of all that, even though there was no accusation of rape here, I mean, you get away with it. That's that privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of just, it's kind of saying it without blatantly saying it. And yeah. you should look into that story. Anybody that hasn't heard about that story, Look up that piece of shit because he's still out there or will be out there very soon. Supplementary. Yeah, I got you. That guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, then we just kind of cut to John and Susie starting to rob banks. Like they yeah. start robbing uh, small branches and things like that. So they're having sex in public. Kind of like pornographic Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a good with a good cause. I'm also just realizing this on page 95 while they're having sex. Mm-hmm. There's a cat like. Just licking the cleaning itself. <laughs> We're all animals. So random. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh things are going well, it seems. And uh fucking they find out that Kegelface uh works at the bank. Yeah. Uh, or well, we find out mm-hmm. the audience. Um and Rachel calls uh the police and uh Kegelface answers it because she's working the front desk. Mm-hmm. And but she works at a bank or the precinct? She works at the precinct. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Keoface works at the precinct. Rachel calls the precinct because she's catching on to what John and Susie are doing. Mm-hmm. She's getting super suspicious. Yeah. And so she calls it in and Keoface is like, oh, you don't fucking say. <laughs> and then it cuts back um, to the heist and stuff. And mm-hmm. she's telling Keoface is telling them you two are under arrest and uh, they're questioning their authority and stuff. And uh, they get attacked with uh, taser f- uh, flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they get knocked out. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of issue four. Then we get to issue five. And they're waking up. And basically everything's happening during the quiet at this moment. 
and Ray, uh, Susie and John are tied up. And ultimately, Kiko faces saying and explaining why they're tied up. I mean, she said, you were intercepted by us in the act of committing numerous crimes. There are rules people like us have to follow, children, beyond laws. And you two, fucking moron. And then she was saying how easy it was to catch them. But Susie's so familiar with the handcuffs because, uh, you know, sex. <laughs> she's able to Which find a way out. Which is funny and yeah. just super clever. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, they're able to get out. Oh, also, wait. also, uh, mm. when it shows, um, like when she's in the handcuffs and stuff, uh, mm. her and John, um, John's like wearing like Spider-Man, like gloves and like, uh, boots or something. Is he? Yeah. Let's see. Show me. Oh, this way right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He is. <laughs> That's is, like one of the few like Superman, super, like superhero references yeah. they have. Cause they have a couple. But that one's kind of funny. And he's kind of wearing like a Star Trek like red shirt or <laughs> yeah. something. What the hell? <laughs> but, uh, and fucking Susie's like thing says kiss the cock. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of kiss the chef or some shit like that. One thing uh, with the with the second issue now is I was reading it. Uh, I like that. Who was it? It's Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction. Matt Fraction. One of them. One of them. I think it was Matt Fraction. He was saying how. Uh, while like creating this, they were saying how the things that they discuss in the sh- in the the things that they discuss in the comic book, like they're none of them should be taken as like things that are so outlandish or weird or just that they're kind of sexual things that happen regardless in the world. That if you find them weird, what it should be, it's almost you. And I'm paraphrasing heavily. I have that thing right here actually, and I'll read it at the end actually because it's pretty dope. And I like that because. All this stuff may seem strange, even in volume two, where the guy, I forget, I think Richard Rainbow, he walks mm-hmm. in on his father, basically bondaged up, and the wife is fucking him in the yeah. ass. And that was a very Pulp Fiction-y, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and how, when he was having a conversation with his father, his father kept trying to apologize, and the kid was like, look, most parents aren't even together, and I'm happy that if this makes you happy, I'm happy. And mm-hmm. he didn't believe it himself, but... He was like, that's the most mature shit I ever said in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I really like that part. Yeah, man. Every, it's so sweet. And and it's one of those things where, I mean, to each his own. Like, you know, do whatever the fuck you do behind closed doors as long as it's not hurting anybody. And as long as you lock them doors. <laughs> <laughs> and that's volume two. Coming back to volume one. And I really like their take. And almost throughout all this immature charity and the jokes, like Phil Bill and all that stuff, there is a base of, you know, concrete maturity if that makes any yeah, sense yeah i mean i i think the way i always sell this book to people is yeah. that regardless that it's about sex and things like that mm-hmm. it really is about love yeah, it, it, yeah at the end of the day it really is about the relationship between john and Susie, yeah. and that only becomes more apparent in the later issues uh near the end of the series and stuff i believe it where they become more of the focus more more than anything more mm-hmm. than robbing banks or anything like that just about themselves and what they are together i mean un- the underlines of love is like trust connection you know compatibility all these things that you know, rise above to love. It's like a pyramid. You don't get the love part at the top without going through all those little levels of everything else, you know? And yeah, and it's a cool, like it's a cool intro and it definitely develops much more in the volume two as from what I've read. And I'm definitely going to finish this fucking series because it's dope. <laughs> it's nice. super dope. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. to sort of finish up the first volume, because this is the last issue of the, of the mm-hmm. first volume, right? Yeah. Um, they, they start uh, really going through with it, uh, with the bank heist. I mean, um, they start, they, they do a, a trial run and while mm-hmm. they're in there, they feel like they're, or at least Susie does. She feels like she's being watched and yeah. she is. Kegel face is watching them the whole time. And, um, 
while uh, they're there. Fucking John decides to take a shit in, in the plan again. And Susie finally walks in, sees it, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and she's she is seemingly pretty upset about it. Yeah. And John has to explain um, that he has oppositional defiant disorder. Yeah. And that he's had it since he was a kid alongside his ADHD. And uh, I, I, I just like um, how he says, bing it. It's a thing. It's a bingable thing. Ask, Ask Jeeves. Jeeves to bring you uh, to bing you up what? No what? Fuck it. You're a smart girl. You know what those words mean. It's called comorbidity. And um, I didn't know what comorbidity meant beforehand. Me what is it? Um, like opposite of like fearing death? Or no, comorbidity oh. is uh, uh, when you're diagnosed uh, with two illnesses. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Cold, morbidity. I just thought morbid, dying, you know, this. And yeah. That. Okay. So, yeah. So it, it's mm-hmm. a pretty literal term, I guess. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Just, uh, mm. you know, you learn something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a, I mean, the vocabulary in a lot of the a lot of the panels are really crazy. They're really intense. Like Purient, I think P-R-U-R-I-E-N-T. I didn't look it up, but they use a lot of crazy language. That's not too intense, but they, they kind of like throw them in there. Like little mm-hmm. bonuses. I don't think that's important. But um, yeah, and uh, th- this is when we really start to see like John's situation. Where, Unveiling himself. Yeah, where he used to be on medication, but he's not anymore. And mm-hmm. he said that he's fine. And Susie's just pretty questionable about it. And John's just telling her, listen, let's just get through this and we'll be fine and this and that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, John decides to, uh, it cuts to John at the bank and he goes into the quiet and he spazzes out in, in his boss's office. Um, and then <laughs> instead, instead of uh, smashing up the office, that's when he decided to take a shit in the plant. Yeah. And that's how you see that that's how that all began and stuff. Mm-hmm. They even put like a wanted poster for it, which is pretty funny in the office. It says wanted the most disgusting human being ever. Somebody in our office has been defecating in the plan of our kind and consider it boss. Mr. Shankworth, like Mr. Shankworth, the plant has done nothing to deserve such apparent treatment. And then they'll reward anybody that finds the pre- person shitting in the thing. But it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just get rid of the plant, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, John explains that when he used to be in the meds, that he wasn't really feeling it and things like that. That mm-hmm. it it might have kept him on a kneel, but he was never mad, never sad, never really happy, never well, never squirrely, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a problem for him to not really be able to feel much. Yeah. Um, and then in that moment, that's when Kegelface shows up uh at the diner right and beside them. She's like, listen, I'm watching you. Don't fucking do it. Mm. And she walks out. They're like, hey, yo. (laughs) (laughs) This is when they give her the name Kegelface. Because uh, (laughs) Susie goes, Jesus, I think she was in the bank with us, John. Mm -hmm. I think she's she's got Kegelface. (laughs) I think she's doing Kegels like right now as we speak. What if she has some kind of crazy, like super muscular time stopping vag? And Uh (laughs) and wait where where'd she go and then she just disappears mm. and then they go to check the thing and she writes yes they were kegels <laughs> i remember uh in the in the second volume what she says is that you know kegel face she has that face like she always has a pen up her cooch <laughs> and then she mimics the face and it's kind of her like uh yeah like squinting her eyes and pucking her lips <laughs> funny we all know a couple people like that <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. Susie gets really, really scared about the whole situation. And she's 
but she still kind of points out that she she wants to know why John is not on his meds and that if yeah. it's really best for him to not be on his meds. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking she goes inside and uh, into her apartment and Rachel's like, bitch, I know what you're doing. Facts. And she's like, what? Nah. <laughs> and she dips. <laughs> and um, Rachel calls uh, Kegel face up. While Kegel face is making dinner for and, her kids and husband and uh, fucking just spills the beans pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's this nice little moment where while Susie's working at the library. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, she's just reading about like sort of the illnesses and things like that that John has and trying to educate herself a little bit more. And then some little girl comes in and she's working on a project and then she needs help. And uh, they... Susie decides to help her and it's it's that repetition of a uh, this kid this mm. fucking kid <laughs> while she's just like reading about this book and stuff which is just nice and um she just decides okay no it's worth it to save the library yeah and so she officially confirms John yeah let's fucking rob the bank yeah man and uh and that, and that little girl that came up to her reminded her of herself when she was younger yeah because when she went up to everybody she's like any answers any answers and the worst thing you could do to somebody who's looking for answers, especially the youth, is not provide them with it if you're able to. Mm-hmm. I feel that happens way too much. And sometimes it's awkward. Of course, like an 11-year-old comes up to you, like, what's sex? You're like, oh, my God, like, that's awkward <laughs> as fuck, you know? But, you know, like, you always at least want to point them in the right direction if you can't have that conversation. Um, I, I forget where it was in the States, but they wanted to rename slavery kind of like, uh, what's the word, like, um, how would you phrase slavery in a much more kinder white whitewashed way? Um, like owning. involuntary, <laughs> that's but like involuntary race restriction, like stuff like that. Stupid. And it's like, what are you doing, bro? Just call it slavery. Call it what it really was. You know, fucking dumb. Uh, of course, probably well, some white people probably came up with that shit, and it's sad. And it's just the worst thing you can do is just hide information that people are eventually gonna find regardless. I've always felt that way. I think just tell them the truth. Truth is such a free type shit. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, I think that is a really sweet scene that happens between her and the little girl. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these two fucking prep. They're getting ready to rob this motherfucking bank. Oh, yeah, bro. And uh, Kigo Face and her little crew, they're, they're already one step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They call the police and uh, they get into the quiet. And then this is when the bank heist happens. And then it cuts forward to where, where, uh, where we are now finally in the present, finally yeah. caught up with the whole story and uh they're in the back of of the van mm-hmm. where they're handcuffed Susie gets out and goes for the uh, vibrator gun <laughs> and they start fighting for it and uh she uh touches a vibrator gun on yeah. Kegel face and I guess puts her out of the quiet because she freezes mm-hmm. and uh gets them out of the quiet so then she just gets John out of the fucking car and John grabs like their phone or something, or no, Susie grabs the phone. Yeah, and uh, they fucking go. They ran, and it ends off saying, "And so we ran, we ran as far and as fast as we could. Our worlds had just gotten bigger and smaller at the same time. So we ran, like a couple of goddamn criminals." And it just ends, and um, they were talking. I mean, first of all, I love how the ends because you you flip the page, you think there's more and more, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get the next you know volume mm-hmm. and this and that." Um. Fucking, but there, there's a word for this, this after of the comic. So that when the volume is finished, right? What's the word for like, what's the, this fillers right here? Uh, those are the uh, variant covers. Variant covers, right? And and 
there so I wanna um they were talking about it because I see I like the so they had in the second volume they had the the fake Playboy interview in the back, which apparently Playboy had really good interviews. Yeah, they used to do like or I don't know if they still do, but they used to write good shit. Yeah, like apparently. And um that I didn't know. I just found that shit about uh, about that yesterday. Oh, back matter. It's called back matter. Like the back whole matter. intercollection of the back they have it here. Um, and they talk about like what their favorite ones are, and in such a way where they you know they know comics because they're like oh issue one of da 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 da, but um, right here, I wanted to read this because I think it's really really important, and I think um, like talking about sex again, I've always felt that it's they it's always taboo wherever you go, you know, and I I hope eventually in the future it dies down and it becomes like norm- normal. I think we are going towards that direction, especially with less censorship and more points of views and stuff like that. But um, let me see if I can find it right here. Hold on, say some shit, Javi. <laughs> uh, I mean, all I got to say is that <clears throat> I, I would love to really get into the sex tips and things like that that they write at the oh, end of man, this because those awesome. are so fucking funny. I got you right now. <laughs> I'm going I'm to read a little bit of what he said here. He says, continuing on, referring to Satellite Sam. You know, ever heard about that? I don't think so. It's a comic that uh, Matt Fraction refers to. But he says... um. Anyway, I don't understand why more comics don't address sex, like at all. I don't understand movies or books that don't address it either. I don't think I'm a particular horn dog or particularly sexually overactive or anything like that. But you know, it's a thing I like, and it's pretty important in the scheme of things that keep things happy and humming along. I suspect a lot of people feel like that in their lives. Why don't our stories reflect that more? I know this is supposed to be a funny, dumb thing where we pretend we're being interviewed by Playboy or whatever, and I'm subtly getting all real and stuff. But I guess if we was to get all real and stuff and honestly pomo, the thing about sex criminals that I'm proudest of, it's how the sex we portray is the least purient thing in the book. Like, it's not the sex that's arousing here. It's not the sex that's dirty. What if anything is arousing is I hope two people so in, into trying to keep each other aroused. I like that her book is about people that like to have sex. I think that's dope. Like, very well said, very... Like, and I know, like, they joke around a lot. Like, yeah. these guys are clowns. <laughs> but, like, separate that just a little and... It gets a little real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's up to you if you if you if you want to dive into the second volume like how we did with the first one, or we can just sort of like skim over it or we, we could do it on next on a different episode. That'll okay. be kind of cool too. And we can even do volume two and volume three. Cause because okay. I, I would we can we, this could be one of the first comics we finished completely. Okay. Yeah, man. Like that would be kind of cool, like a part two type shit. Cause yeah, uh, no, I mean Sex Criminals, it's a great read. Hell it's, yeah, man. It it says it says a lot. Um and it does a lot. It it's it can be maybe a little confusing at times if you're not uh like really caught up with the dialogue because the dialogue is really sharp and clever. And these variant covers are fucking beautiful, man. Yeah. Like I know you can't see it in the audio, but if you just look up variant covers Sex Criminals Volume One, it's it's astounding. We can go into the sex tips though, because those shits are hilarious. Oh yeah, That's the- I I do like this one variant yeah, cover, man. like the Queens of the Stone Age oh, type man. thing. So good, so good. And, and and I remember the first time I seen the variant covers was um, I'm pretty sure I don't know if Court of Owls had it, but we it missed, did. It did, but mm-hmm. oh, it did. But Mister Miracle stood out the most. That shit was crazy because that shit got a little deep with the you know they all do. They all have kind of kind of the explanation of the comic within the cover, like the art. Yeah. But this one kind of stepped it up a level because, I mean, it's such a dope story that you have so much to do with. And uh, yeah, uh, my my copy also has um, a little uh, thing where they call making sausage. OK, where it's uh, a little the process of that chip Sarsky used to 
to draw the comic. Okay. And Chip Sartsky uses a lot of reference. Awesome. I have it to right here. Uh, oh, nice. Nice. He uses uh, <clears throat> reference photos. So um, he he doesn't uh, necessarily use like draw like straight from his imagination. Mm-hmm. He draws like he'll take pictures of of like two of his friends that are models. Oh, wow. And uh, take these pictures and then draw from reference pretty much. Kind of like this. Uh, or the other one. So I, I know you can't see what we're showing, but watch the YouTube video. YouTube. So, matter. He so he says here um, in the pencil section, I have an evening where I shoot as much reference as possible with my two main models, Timmy mm-hmm. and Alex. We drink and eat and laugh and simulate lovemaking. Sometimes I just rely on my own stunning body <laughs> as evidence below for this panel. So if you see. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. So if you see like a, on the bottom left, there's a picture left. of him, right? Yeah, that's him. Uh-huh. And then if you look at the final product, uh, the uh-huh. two guys are like in those positions gotcha, so that's what gotcha. it means to draw from reference now i know exactly what you and supplementary if you want to see what we're talking about youtube or we'll put it in the supplementary because that's pretty dope i don't know if people did that yeah so um it it can sometimes be shunned upon to draw from reference because some mm-hmm. people think that like you're not using any actual skill or anything like that because okay. you're just kind of copying i guess but there are plenty of artists yeah. that do it. Um, Alex Ross is an amazing artist, um, a comic artist that draws from reference. Okay. And uh, he has some of the best art in, is, is one of the best artists in comic history. What has he done art for? Uh, he he does uh, cover art primarily, but um, he's done some series before. Um, he's done Kingdom Come by Mark Wade, okay. uh, which is like his most notable one. But he does mostly cover art uh, for a bunch of series and stuff like that. Like his arts, like are like fucking posters. Yeah, man. I gotta check beautiful. that shit out. Alex so, Ross. Alex Ross. I'll check that shit out. Yeah, I I really enjoyed reading this uh, little making sausage sex- section. I mean, it's it's good info. It's good info and it's raw info. And they also do. I mean, they provide a lot of information. Like the volume one has what you just said right there. They also have um, like a lot of interviews amongst themselves and all that. And I mean, it's just. I mean, this this whole this whole thing is so like just. I would never pick this book up if I was just looking because I once I open to the first page and I see them fucking, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, and not in a bad way, just I'm like, what is this story even gonna be? Yeah, about? Okay, here <laughs> we get, go. Yeah, here we go. But then you get you dive deep into a story that's actually really in depth and and it hovers, it blankets it with just like some rela- very relatable stuff in the world, you know, especially when it comes to sexuality. And it's the only book that does that. I think every other comic book we've read has this theme of you know, uh, learning about what you want to do in terms of justice or like self-identity or this and that. But this one is unique in the sense that it really dives deep into one subject that no other comic dares to dive deep into, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's awesome. Uh, I remember like we talked about the Batman issue where the most sexual thing about the Batman issue was the penis uh, outline of Batman and Batman damned And, and people got upset about that and they changed the whole thing about it and this and that. Try changing this comment <laughs> and then all you're going to have is black pages for like some of them. And it's, it's good that, I mean, it's obviously something that it says mature on the back and it says, don't sell to kids. Duh. <laughs> for mature readers, duh. But it's, uh, it's important, man. Things like this are important. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, yeah, man, let's just dive into some <laughs> sex tips. Let's fucking do it. So, and the, oh, and by the way, in volume two, they have panels where she's visiting the gynecologist and he's explaining to her the different types of birth control she can have. And it's like from Planned Parenthood yeah. and everything. So the dialogue in the panels is between the gynecologist and Susie. But at the bottom, every piece of information he gave to her is accurate and true. 
and it's it's even a reference to that and i think that's really cool man yeah it's really dope and it's important too because uh i mean you you never know when you can stumble on some long information that's you know useful especially mm-hmm. in today with the whole roe versus Wade thing and all that stuff i wonder if they ever covered it in the future i don't know like in the comics i don't know <laughs> uh i can't remember i don't think so but <laughs> but uh I, I'm gonna start out with a sex tip. We just 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 pick different ones. Okay. Well. Well. Let me let me read the opening for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Because uh, because again, this, the audience members might be a little confused. Oh right yeah. Now. Be like sex tips. What the fuck? Yeah. So or might have matter. Not really. So each and every issue, Matt and Chip dole out helpful sex tips. So many that they managed to fill a whole new book with them called "Just the Tips," <laughs> featuring the ISBN number. Blah 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 blah. Here are the ones from issues six to ten. But be careful. Don't try these at home. Try them at someone else's home. And uh, I, I got one right here because it says, uh, for God's sake, eating ass is not literal. What are you doing, Sandra? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You go. Remember, slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> and it is a race. Never forget that if you want to be a winner. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to pick one at random. It says, denying your partner's satisfaction can be a real turn on for both of you. Blindfold your partner, tease them with light touches, and then move to a new city. <laughs> BDSM stands for Bondage Discipline Spider-Man. <laughs> milk, milk, lemonade, round the corner, won't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Have sex while standing up, parentheses, for the rights of gays and lesbians to marry their partners. <laughs> Uh, I like this one a lot. It says, if she doesn't want to go down on you, try improving the taste of your semen by eating watermelon, celery, her pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Communication is key. So you should probably learn sign language since that ball gag practically lives in your mouth. (laughs) Having sex in new locations can be exciting. Like when Neil Armstrong fucked the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Control alt delete your sexual sexual shame away by practice fucking the holes on old five point twenty five inch floppy disks. Jesus Christ! Fucking feet are extremely sexy and should be paid attention to in bed. Oh, also, did you know Quentin Tarantino is also a foot fetishist? Uh, wait, where are you? <laughs> Remember this simple mnemonic: feeling kinky, stick in a pinky. Feeling romantic, grab your cock and punch it as hard as you can. <laughs> Crossing your fingers has a 0% birth control effectiveness rate. But I don't know. Maybe this time. <laughs> Fellas, want to drive her wild? Then learn how to fold a goddamn bath towel. Jerry, <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I'm reading this one. It says, blow her mind in bed tonight. Reveal your matching skull tattoo to that of Warhol actor Joe Spencer that appeared in Back on Black on the cover of original pressings of the Velvet Underground's White Light white heat i mean you've been married for 14 years it's time (laughs) do not refer to your partner's penis as hmm interesting (laughs) sexual gary jr tickle stick mr nuisance the crying noodle stink peen adorable wubby Wubby nubby nubby. (laughs) is it in discount hot dog non-detachable dildo non-vibrating dildo dildo that suddenly becomes soft (laughs) Cute little, little thing. thing. <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> I like how they write ha ha ha. <laughs> Alright. This, this is the last one over here. It says, uh, <laughs> uh, a fun sexy tattoo for guys would be to make it look like your penis is a strap on. <laughs> yeah, man. They, are, uh, they had, the, they had yeah. these at the end of every issue. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious, man. I think, uh, man, 
they're they're so clever, so fun, and just I think so important to comic books, man. And I'm happy that before I read any of their stuff in terms of like you know action comic books and this and that that oh I mean this they they both have different ventures in both things right in both mm. but but this is just such a fun comic book to read, man. I, I last night when I was doing all the stuff on my computer, I was just I couldn't stop reading. Like I had to force myself to stop reading so I could work on some other shit. But um, yeah, t- when I have time today, I'm gonna stop by, pick up the next volume, and just fucking keep reading them. Nice. And um, as for the YouTube video, like that's a hobby has the hilarious fucking cover. <laughs> Let's show the camera real quick. It's like a oh, this is one and this is two, but these mm-hmm. are mine is a collection of both volumes. Yeah, man, but they're they're awesome. They're awesome books, and thank you for showing me this shit, bro. You got it, my guy. And yeah, that's what I do. I'm like a comic guru. <laughs> Seriously, bro. I always think you're gonna show me some like Flash or man, this and that, and you're like sex criminals. <laughs> I'm like, let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's fucking do it. Like, I I feel like I surprised you with, yeah. with every comic. Every so far. single time, man. I swear. Like the most I this One Piece is a manga, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look for some other shit. I'm gonna try to do some you know real you know how to do record. What's it called? Uh, record bending. There we go. Some shit like that. I'm gonna try to do that with the comic books. See if I could. I doubt I'm gonna surprise you, but watch. <laughs> Okay. There's a okay. lot of comic books. No, I mean you've surprised me. American Splendor. American Splendor was dope. That American was probably it was a good one. That was probably my best one in terms of comic book. <laughs> and the movie too. Check that shit out. That's a good fucking movie. What other comics have have we read? We so um, we've read Batman. Batman Court of Owls, which is which is awesome. That was I think the first one we did, no? I think so. Uh we did Mr. Miracle, which is a great one. Sex Criminals Now, One Piece. What else have we covered? Sandman, of course, Sandman. Sandman. Yeah. That, that we shot in a comic book store, which is yep. fucking awesome. Shout out to Neil Gaiman. I'm still reading them shits. And what else? I think that might be it, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like we're missing like one, one right? Fuck. Ah, I'm so sorry to the that. The audience comic book. just like screaming <laughs> at us. Oh, idiot! <laughs> I'm dying to do Superman. I just, I just don't know which Supermans to do. I have a Superman comic in mind. Yeah. Um. So I, I almost brought it up for for this episode, but yeah, I'll probably pick it for for my next comic episode. Because something about it is just it's so OG. It's so really throwback. And, you, and I remember you were reading um your short like I said, what would you call it, essay or story when you were um saying how Superman was invented during like. Was it the Holocaust or some shit? Not the Holocaust, like when uh, World War Two and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and how like the, a Jewish person created Superman, right? Mm. That's crazy. Like stuff like that, I never knew, but it's important. You know, stuff like that is important because when you really think about what Superman is, that like, you would wish somebody like Superman could come down and destroy Hitler. That shit is crazy. Almost like almost kind of like oh, I mean heart wrenching. That, that's that's why there's that super iconic cover from mm. Marvel where Captain America is punching, punching Hitler. Hitler. Cause that shit, like kids saw that and they were like, "Yes, <laughs> motherfucker, L'chaim." Because I imagine they were Jewish, <laughs> whatever that means, L'chaim. <laughs> oh yeah, man. But uh, before we head out, oh yeah, uh, you know, check out the social. Oh yeah, check out the check social. Check out the YouTube Earth My Matter Pod on Instagram. Uh, Earth My Matter Pod on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, it's just Earth Mind Matter, no spaces, and yeah. I mean, just check out this. Keep listening to this. Let us follow us on that stuff. Feel free to send us recommendations Please and things do. like that. There are uh, way more things we need to cover: albums, movies, comics, and articles. And if you want a sticker, let me know. If you want a sticker, let us know. <laughs> but maybe hold. Maybe one day we'll open up a little shop. You know, yeah. shop stickers, sweaters, shirts. Uh, b-hole merch but not our b-holes <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, I, I didn't have that in mind, but you know. Sex criminals, man. Yeah. What's on your mind, Frankie? Volume three. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah, man. Uh, so what do we do today, Javi? Talk about what's going on, on the earth. What's in our minds? And this is why it mattered. This was Earth, Mind, and Matter. Good morning, good evening, good night. Boom, boom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>